1: Take the next
0: chance. And the next time. You're all rebels, on you? Save your rebellion! Save the dream! The Bizzle! You called the Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, buddy. So, uh, uh, Bizzlecast listeners, Sibby and I have been having sound issues on both ends. I don't know what is going on. It's just a shit-ass month. Um, and uh, we basically just did a bitching session, mostly for me, for the last 30 to 40 minutes, about why and how I'm so pumped at Star Wars continuously and don't understand the dissatisfaction of of tons of people. I'll try and salvage some of it, Simi, but but ultimately, I think you and I just need to have that conversation, and I'll try and get some sound clips. Maybe I'll even release it as a a quickie, to be honest with you, um, after the fact. But I want to get your... Opinions on the two new trailers You can take them in any order you want We haven't discussed it You can do Mandalorian first, you can do episode 9 First, I want to know We haven't talked about it, I'm very curious I love both of them I expected to love both of these things for like A year now, because I always think JJ's going to nail it, and John Favreau With his team and a dark Mandalorian Story post Return of the Jedi We were also pumped about, so this Feeds into our narrative, right, that we Just talked about for 30-40 minutes, about not understanding not only people's dissatisfaction, but looking at the management coming from the top with Kathleen Kennedy and Filoni, that they have this under control. So we'll see if you agree with that, with these two new properties. So which trailer do you want to talk about first? Sibby. Uh
1: Let's dive into the meat and potatoes. I mean, the new Star Wars looks amazing. Oh, there's like, a
0: new Star Wars movie? Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> I mean, it really...
0: I thought Star like, Wars is dead, or... It, it, they're just making Raylo movies. It's like one or the other.
1: <laughs> no, I mean there's so many different parts to it, and it's all coming together in the end. I mean the the fact that the Emperor is back, the fact that there is going to be an epic battle between Raylo, uh, the the fact that the, uh, that that uh, uh, my boy Cole forty five is is hitting really really hard. He looks young and wonderful. Um,
0: 83. and I think it's eighty three years old. Is he really eighty three? Yeah, he had to, he's been working out for like a year and a half in preparation for Get this. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah.
1: God, he looks amazing. Yeah. And they, they have that yellow shirt. He looks great, anyway. Um, so, like, but, if people are way, like, really I qu- don't wait, like wait, wait, hold like on, Simi, hold on,
0: like, really quickly, yeah. the two positive superstar black actors in the seventies and early eighties, who were they? Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian. Who's back? And Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed, who's the third lead in The Mandalorian. So Star Wars still has the two most classic, early, big, positive, non-racist portrayal stereotype actors from the late 70s to early 80s. Amazing. Thank you again, Star Wars and Kathleen Kennedy. Go
1: ahead. No, they quietly keep killing it. But but it... If somebody wants to complain about the trailers or okay, like I want to hear from you
0: about the trailer though. Tell me, because me and Jim- no, I got chills. Yeah, I, when, go ahead. Listen,
1: I used to watch those shows. Uh, the one where uh, you turn around in the chair the voice, and I used to not watch the person at all, and I try to like be the voice. And like, if I got chills while I was listening to you sing, then I think you're you should you should definitely like, turn your chair. And I was usually pretty consistent. So, you know, like, the trailer looks great. As soon as, like, uh, I think 30 seconds in, I started to get chills. And it it, it looks amazing. I mean, people are going to look back on this saga, this portion of this saga, with a lot of love for all of it. Like, as much as I didn't love... The Last Jedi, like, it, it's still going to be part of this portion of this saga. And and what Kathleen Kennedy and, and what, what Disney is doing is they're taking, a, taking hold of this great canon and expanding on it from all different levels. And so I get people's, like, maybe fear that it's going to suck or whatever, but ultimately I went through this from – we talk about this all the time – when we came from nothing – we had so little, and we, we we loved the world. We had these three movies, you know, and that's it. And we created our own canon, playing with these these toys and these these action figures when we were kids. But but now, like now that the, the technology is there, the money's there, the the dream is there, and and the demand is there for more and more of this to keep coming out in different different legs of the same uh, the same journey and and ultimately what what they're doing is wonderful. So if you look at that trailer in this that's going to be the end of that portion of that Star Wars saga And who knows what the direction of Star Wars movies will go after that. Like, we'll work on that piece right now. But for the time being, with the Disney Channel coming out and The Mandalorian coming out, well, you can look forward to that. So getting used to Clone Wars as a cartoon and still loving what it did took a minute. Getting used to Rebels switching from Clone Wars with the new art um, and uh, And what they were doing there, new characters that had nothing to do with, with the original characters, understanding and, and loving that loving and understanding that Rogue One barely has anything, any of the characters that are in regular Star Wars and still understanding, you, you can love that individually. So if, if people are looking at it with, with fear of disappointment or just negativity to be negativity, they're, they're just fucking stupid. They're just wasting their time being angry. Like, if they think it looks bad, they can say, I think it looks bad for these reasons, and that's fine. But ultimately, how could you not look forward to these shows They look amazing Alright hold they on look absolutely Back up back, up back up
0: I want to hear What stood out With the episode 9 trailer Because for the record Simi In 2015 When I started my podcast Was because At the time I was loving Winter Soldier The Avengers And the MCU At the time And Star Wars Was coming back And I love J.J. Abrams With Star Trek And everything he does And I said Over and over again He's gonna nail Force Awakens He nailed Force Awakens And then he wasn't Doing episode 9 And they had The Jurassic World guy and I'm like, this is a mistake, and then Kathleen canned him, again, a great decision to fire a guy, and bring J.J. back, and as soon as they brought J.J. back, you guys could check the tape I said is gonna be amazing and all the Last Jedi lovers who didn't love Force Awakens were like, I don't know, J.J. is gonna J.J. if I, you know, it's not gonna be as good as Ryan, and starting in Star Wars Celebration with the teaser I was there with all these skeptics, and now with this, they are completely on board, and it, this is a nice. I told you so moment, Simmy. I just watch talent. I watch these great directors like Taika Waititi and Joss Whedon and J.J. Abrams and the Russo brothers, and they always deliver, right? I mean, it doesn't right. matter what the property is. They always fucking deliver. Um, and so, as great as the trailer was, in Amanda and I, Jada, Jada Geek Girl and I, you know, did 90 minutes, of which 60 minutes was like going frame by frame through the trailer, which you and I don't have to do. I want to hear your highlights. I loved every minute seeing them riding space horses on the star destroyer in space was like one of the coolest things ever i mean there's so much greatness but i am not surprised i am not surprised whatsoever and that's by the way dude well i was putting on the brakes before the last jedi when everyone was already crowning it the next empire strikes back and it's going to be the best and darkest star wars movie ever i was already pumping the brakes i said look guys ryan johnson has done some good low to medium budget movies he's a great tv writer for breaking bad and some other stuff but he's not JJ abrams and joss whedon and so hold your horses and so when people had a split reaction to last jedi forget the haters normal star wars fans had a split reaction i was like yeah this is the most predictable thing ever and, and, and jj is is coming through again you guys can listen to jedi geek girl she's very open about the fact that she was not feeling super secure about it and now she's like already on board this is going to be a spectacular ending and she's a hardcore reylo who wasn't sure that jj could pull off a convincing you know reylo but simi what are the two main relationships we want to see Ray Kylo and Finn and Poe, and the entire trailer is Ray and Kylo and Finn and Poe, basically, right? With with some great, sad, touching C three PO stuff and so forth.
1: So I try not to like, you know, when I'm watching the trailers, I try not to like fill in the blanks or like hope something happens because I don't want to come in there and be again be disappointed. So we'll
0: start the, let's start with the but, basics. because well, we've been deep. No, just, we've been deep this, this whole time. I want to hear like what shots jumped out at you.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like the shots that like, that's what I was getting at the shots that like really, I loved what they were doing with all the dark water in that scene with the, with the Rilo fight. Uh, like what the, like, it just looked like this whole other world that they were going to be participating in. And I love when they bring in new worlds and new consistencies. And so like just the battleground for where it's all going to go down seems pretty awesome. Uh, Watching the uh, the other fight where they knock over uh, what what appears to be Raylo's uh, 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 or Kylo's shrine uh, for, of his grandfather with the uh, when he destroys that. There's when been speculation like, since
0: celebration, Simi, that Hayden Christensen is going to be in this movie, and that is fu- fueling the fire. What you just said. I mean,
1: so, so it all looks it looks great. I mean, and then the action looked the action looks great. I'm not. I'm not going to speculate on a storyline that we really do. Right, don't so what jumped out at you? End. Just
0: image wise, you know, yeah. jokes, just, energy, just, darkness.
1: Right. Yeah, it looks really dark. It looked really serious. Uh nothing looked funny, but sometimes with the darkest movies there's there's decent characters. Uh the the part with uh C three PO talking about I wanted to take one more look mm. at my friend mm. I mean, you know, that that was like that that Christmas story kind of atmosphere, even though I'm not Christian, just like bringing us all together for one last fuck you to the the emperor and like, you know, maybe killing what, what needs to, what, what needs to remain dead. Um, you know, so there's all this fuel from the dark side that's been dominant for so many, so many years and so many generations that like, perhaps, you know, there might be some finality to that at some level. I mean, I hope there there's will be some sort of an offspring or, or offspin to it but uh offspring offspin. but no I really I'm really excited for it and uh, you know the Mandalorian is like this extra like dessert that you get to look forward to mm-hmm. um, so I, I thought that I thought the trailers for it looks like a great you know I did see a lot of parallels in those trailers to the parallels of uh, the solo trailers with like the kind of uh, gunslinger you know, really, you know, taking shit down. And and, uh, it's going to be pretty cool, this this bounty hunter. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: So do you remember when the Emperor was revealed at Celebration? In the first podcast we did, I said this was the most brilliant person to bring back because he's the only character other than maybe obi-wan but he's really the only character that both prequel lovers and zealots love as palpatine and original trilogy people love as emperor palpatine right and like look the when force awakens came out made 2 billion dollars a billion at home even avengers hasn't touched the domestic total of force awakens great reviews great fan reception made a ton of money rebooted star wars jj nailed it great cast mostly great writing but tell me what was the one complaint among like you know the prequel the younger prequel generation was that it was pure fan service to the original trilogy ignored the prequels ignored the cartoons ignored all the extended canon right that was like the complaint after the movie by the hardcore fans was it was like too mainstream or or whatever and that's the the, you know narrative already about the Mandalorian from the so called hardcore fans who love the prequels and the comics and everything and and want that in everything but Palpatine right is is now the nostalgia that everyone's behind because all the prequel people love you know old Uncle Palpy from the prequels and and we love him from the original trilogy and so I don't know how this is going to work this could backfire spectacularly have palpatine in this what's your thought at this point now that we've had multiple reveals
1: i think the right amount of palpatine will be good Mm -hmm. uh you know i don't want him to be the main character but like knowing he was behind it the whole time and also you know all the stuff we saw in rebels with um with ahsoka and ezra and like the back and forth between time you you and it's always been implied for the all the canon and the lore of the canon you know, what he was able to see and what he knew and, you know, how much he was behind this and what he was able to control. So it's kind of cool that they're looping it all back together. And then you get to, you know, appreciate Chewbacca again. And, uh, you know, and, and then there's obviously going to be some some uh, Luke uh, ghost uh, training a la, you know, Obi-Wan, you uh, and, and a la Yoda talking to Luke at different times and so on, or or, or Yoda talking to to, uh, to 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 whoever. It's going
0: to be very mild. He's already trained Ray for a whole movie. They're not going to do it again.
1: No, it's going to be smaller. Yeah. it's going to be like a scene, like when Obi Wan is in uh, in um, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. You know? Can uh, I? And, and can I? Like walks with him. For a minute, you know
0: Okay, Go ahead. okay. I'm going to throw some theories Because we can talk about how beautiful and amazing it looks And we're, we're like again Simi, you and I were already on board The J.J. Abrams episode 9 train Because let's be honest, now we know the characters They've worked out all the kinks You know, I mean, it's like the final Avengers movies Like, I happen to like the Whedon movies But un- undeniably, the Russos Could draw from, you know, 12 years And 25 Marvel movies And take all the best parts of the characters You know, in, in-, in those final movies movies and that's what we're getting here and you can tell like again at celebration you could tell that oscar isaac and and john boyega who let's be honest in me were not fully served in the last jedi for some of us you know in in terms of parts of the story Uh, they were super psyched we know ray and kylo are gonna be great so i have some theories uh, about the movie and you can yay or nay and comment on them i got a couple written down here is that okay yeah All right, you know where I'm going to start, and you don't dare to believe. But let me just trace out this one, and you know where I'm going. But Um, okay, so talking to Jedi girl and other people. Okay, so Ray says no, no one understands me, and then Kylo in the mask says, "But I do." But then we mostly see Adam Driver without the mask, right? And they seem to be face-to-face, but then he's with the mask, with her destroying what seems to be Anakin Skywalker or whatever and, and they're constantly traveling through different worlds that look like the death star like in jen urso's dreams and some of the trailers that look like she was in the death star it looks like they're t- possibly and this is not coming from me the, i mean it's also coming from me but other people have commented that they might be working in world between worlds with ray and kylo because they're so powerful and it's so weird and be so epic Hold off on Ahsoka for a second, right? So I heard that, and I'm like, okay, guys, I've been predicting World Between Worlds coming into the movie. That's great. Fine. Whatever. That's my first proof of possible Ahsoka in this movie. But Simi, do you know my main proof for Ahsoka in this movie? Is exactly what I've been saying I said, Rey's confused Leia's gone Luke barely trained her He's gone, she's still confused No one can train her, she's still young And super powerful Who is the only female Jedi Who's gone between the grey And the light and everywhere in between And is super powerful, who might still be alive Or as a force ghost? who could possibly Comfort Rey And when Rey says, nobody understands me And we hear Kylo saying i do this is like the last jedi tease at the end where it looked like they were reaching out to touch hands and then we we saw in the movie it was it was a force skype right they weren't really holding hands they were just tricking us i think they're tricking us with this line and now that leia's gone now leia's a candidate for ray saying nobody understands me and Leia being like, well, I, I I kind of do, you know. Somehow they worked that in with Carrie Fisher. But if there's any character in canon in this generation of Star Wars who firstly is the one female k- Jedi character who seems to unite everybody including the hardcore male fans love Ahsoka Tano in the final movie where they're still concerned about Rose and you know you know you know Mary Sue Ridley as the assholes call her and so forth you know what I mean? Bringing the Ahsoka Tano but if there's anybody that can understand Rey and what she's going through mentally, psychologically physically and so forth being tempted by the dark side with more and everything she went on with the Jedi Council and becoming a Greta, a, a, a great Jedi and no one to advise her and having to train herself. It is Ahsoka fucking Tano. And I, I don't actually think this is going to happen to me, but I'm sticking with this prediction because the facts keep adding up to, and this is what I want you to respond to. You don't think it's going to happen, or you don't dare to believe. That's fine. But, but the evidence is there between these different things that it, it, it would fit in really nicely as a Force ghost or a very small appearance for her to advise. And, and, dude, what is going on with Ahsoka in the world between worlds? Who does she fight against in that epic battle? That would be Emperor Palpatine, who's also traveling the world between worlds. Right. Guess how Emperor Palpatine gets from thrown down the Death Star pit at the end of Return of the Jedi, into the future and coming back. He didn't survive. He traveled in the world between worlds where Ahsoka traveled. We're not going to get Ezra Bridger, I don't think. And so there's that. But then there's also the just advising of Rey with that line and what I've been saying all along. That's my Ahsoka theory. I wanted to start with that because I know you're going to dismiss it, but there you go. Semi So here's
1: my fear. I just think that if the character of Ahsoka Tana, like... Whoever is going to be it, like, I just feel like that would have been leaked by now. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless it's just, like, a total no-name person, because that happens all the time.
0: Han Solo being killed by Kylo Ren was only leaked to a very small amount of people, which is shocking. No, that's
1: different, though. That's different, though. Like, there has to be a human being who's playing
0: ahsoka right yeah but it could have been jj abrams the cinematographer the sound people uh, daisy ridley and whoever's playing ahsoka and or cgi mix or whatever so there could have been literally like two dozen people in the shooting of so you're that saying two the person three who is
1: actually you're saying the person who actually plays ahsoka doesn't have to be a big deal it could be a lot of cgi
0: i'm saying that nobody and the cast has to know about it they don't see the movie till we do so other than look, Ray knows everything, right? I mean, Ray specifically knows everything. Other than like a small or, days, amount of days, characters,
1: right? But, but other than other than like and Kylo knows everything, and
0: right, right, right. But but right. like for example,
1: and they don't even they don't right. even have to necessarily know anything. Well, can I give you? Can right,
0: okay. give you an Avengers example? So you know how they got the entire cast looking sad at Tony Stark's funeral? Yeah. So they were all there. They were told to come because it was a wedding scene, either between Tony Stark and Pepper Potts or somebody else, probably between Tony and Pepper Potts. And then at, at, when they got there and they got rid of everyone they didn't need, they were told to look sad, but they still weren't told what was going on. And Chris Hemsworth later released a video where he's very confused about what's going on at this wedding slash death scene. And then. You know, I recently saw Elizabeth Olsen interviewed on, I guess, Kimmel. Uh, She's on a million things. You know, she's the connective tissue with Marvel now. She's doing TV series, and then Doctor Strange, and then you know, Wanda's going to be up there. I think beyond Captain Marvel, especially with the X Men connection. But Elizabeth Olsen's their big young star. If they get Haley Steinfeld, we'll see. But right now, Elizabeth Olsen's their hot young amazing star, Um, and she doesn't usually reveal a lot. But she basically told Kimmel that. she knows all the secrets for the next couple of years in Marvel because they have they have to tell her because she's Wanda Maximoff who kills all the X-Men and goes crazy and almost destroys the universe it is more powerful than Thanos she was almost murdering Thanos by herself twice in the Avengers movies until she got distracted that's how powerful she is she's gonna fight Doctor Strange that's how powerful she is they have to tell her so Daisy Ridley knows all the secrets so you film it with Daisy Ridley and look I don't want to talk about the realization of it Physically. It should be Rosario Dawson. I've heard they're already casting for Ahsoka, probably in casting in K two, which you and I agree is a more likely scenario. It gives them more time, right? It's on the streaming right, service. She is you know, She's fulcrum. So. It's much easier to pull off in a TV series. But the fan reaction, if they're not already loving, say this is a two hour and 45 minute movie, which it looks like. At an hour 45, I think you're right that the Emperor isn't going to be around a, a whole lot other than to initiate the world between worlds and the bringing a more successful version of bringing Kylo and Rey together for nefarious means yeah, than Snoke. To be-
1: Right, he's not going to be like like the way Snoke was, or or something like that much apparent that like he's in charge. He'll be talking to Kylo or somebody else. Probably.
0: So just like, imagine this though. Imagine uh, this. You're an hour and a half, an hour forty five in. We've had. Awesome space battles where they're teasing the giant space battle where we see literally a thousand rebel ships versus a thousand imperial ships. Looks amazing. Gonna put Rogue One to shame. I hate to say, but it looks amazing. And we've seen Poe and Finn, you know, again, their, their bromance, riding horses together, riding skiffs together, running down the hallway, shooting stormtroopers, just like Spock and, and, and look, there's a lot of Star Trek reboot stuff that JJ does, and I love it. It's just like when, you know, when they, at the end of the Star Trek reboot, when they beam Spock and Kirk, directly onto the Romulan bridge and they're immediately like firing lasers at everyone and they have to like stun a guy so that he can do the mind meld so simmy so let's forget about how they manifest it if they're casting it cgi a combination if it's ashley eckstein's voice over someone else mixed with cgi it should be rosario dawson everyone wants it she's an even bigger star now than ever is rosario and like i was trying to get to they could even with a star like rosario dawson or someone like that they could easily have done this with only jj daisy ridley uh, Rosario, you know Ashley Eckstein, whoever, and a couple other people, and then post production with CGI. And honestly, Oscar Isaac, John Boyega, and even Adam Driver might have no fucking clue what's going on. Kathleen Kennedy knows, Dave Filoni knows. They could easily do it. I- I'm just saying that it's it's sort of logistically possible.
1: You know, I, I guess now that you say it like this, the role wouldn't be so enormous to where it wouldn't necessarily have to be this ridiculously she could popular kill the character, Emperor. A. She could kill the B, Emperor. You know, it could, also could, could be somebody Emperor. else. It could be somebody else entirely that like uh, doesn't matter. Not that it doesn't matter. I want to take that back. I apologize to you if you exist out there. Maybe it's not Rosario Dawson. Maybe it's somebody else, and you know, the, Star Wars is known for no-name characters, right, so they okay. can do a lot yeah. But, but so back up off. to the
0: main point. Back up to the main point. And then guys, Timmy and I are gonna take a break that you won't hear because we've had some sound issues and they'll give me opportunities to me to sort through some of this. But just go back to the the you know, what, the film school version of JJ Abrams Brilliance and Filoni, Kathleen Kennedy, and the story group. They love Ahsoka. I'm asking you With Carrie Fisher basically gone, Leia's gone, it's gonna be gone, Luke's gone, what Jedi... In the history of modern canon, could better look. Kylo thinks he understands Rey, as you and I have gone to great lengths. His version of understanding Rey is completely twisted. It's like Kilgrave understanding Jessica Jones, right? Um, right. that's how we feel. The Ray feel differently. They keep saying, Wait, wait, they keep saying, Wait and see. You're gonna see how Ray Low it is. And I keep going, uh, All right, guys, I, I, you know, I'm open to anything that's awesome. And JJ Abrams knows how to do subtle romances, but thinking, J.J. Abrams is going to hand you, you know, uh, the Anakin Padme wedding scene at the end of Attack of the Clones with Ray and Kylo at the end of this movie is not going to happen. But anyways, put but I just can I just respond to that? Wait, really no, quickly? hold on, hold on. No, I have to finish the Ahsoka point. Who other than Ahsoka Tano is even close to understanding could understand someone like Rey? Is is all I'm saying? Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yoda, uh, Yoda, Master Yoda understands everybody.
0: But She's a listen, woman. We haven't had a woman mentor. I would Andy just
1: like—I would like to poke a hole in this Raylo thing. Okay, I would like someone to tell me, and because most stories are recycled <laughs> at some level, I right?
0: Know. I don't
1: know. Someone to recycle. So most stories are recycled at some level.
0: I have a funny okay? story about this with Jedi Geek girl that I ran by her. Right. A, a funny so, thing.
1: So I'm just gonna pop this hole in it. In what movie, TV show, anything in life, story, I don't know, does someone kill someone's sensei and then those two people make out?
0: Okay. We're not doing the Han Solo thing again. We're not doing
1: I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. We're going to table this. She literally looked at Han Solo like her father and he was – An ungrateful son, and he killed his father that she loved. Like I just, like no one has shown anything.
0: Ahsoka, can we talk about Ahsoka, please? Can we talk about it? It's so
1: bizarre that people think like this. Look, could be Obi Wan.
0: Hold on. It could be Obi Wan's Force Ghost. It could be Yoda's Force Ghost. It could be Luke's Force Ghost. But we haven't had a woman advising a woman. And look, if 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 Carrie Fisher was still alive and yeah. Leia, w- get
1: off uh, Ahsoka, exactly.
0: If Leia. It was in this movie as fully. This was supposed to be Leia's movie in terms of the original cast, and then she died. If Leia was in this, they wouldn't need a But this is a great up. Op- this is like your. This is like your slugger from. So this was like we had Jim Tome in the Phillies, and we couldn't get over the hump into the playoffs, and he got injured really bad, and so we had to play Ryan Howard, who then went on to hit like fifty home runs for three straight years, so we went to the World Series twice and won. you know one. It's like you don't what not want to have. Princess Leia, but this was the perfect opportunity to bring Ahsoka Tano in a little bit earlier than maybe they wanted to, especially with the world between worlds, and especially with the female thing. We haven't had like, even Jin, Jin's coached by Cassian. Jin's coached by Saw. Jin's coached by her dad. I mean, other than a little Mothma, there's almost no other women in Rogue One, especially advising, you know, Jin, her mom's murder two minutes in the movie. We really haven't had female-female mentorship. It, it, this would be, to me, way better. Especially we've had tons of Obi-Wan, and we've had Yoda coming back amazingly in Last Jedi, I think. That, it would just be rehashing it. So, again, do I want this? Yes. But I just the evidence seems to be stacking up that this is more possible than I ever thought even though my predictions like this I get slightly cold feet as it gets closer in terms of the actual prediction yeah
1: I mean because it's like it seems like it would be such a big part of it but at some level like I don't think they've told us anything I have no idea what this movie is. And that
0: is was here. Jedi Geek Girl. And my main takeaway is they did like what we saw with like the final Wonder Woman trailer and the final Rogue One trailer, which I always rave about. Which is show us a ton of the movie, but they mix it up and disorient and dissociate so much that it, it you know, we're not really seeing any spoilers, even if we can piece it together later. Like, if you went back now, Spimmy, and watched the final Rogue One trailer, having seen Rogue One a million times, you'd be like, oh, this spoiled the whole movie. But at the time, you had no idea what the fuck was going on. You're like, Vader's in it? What? There's a huge fleet? What the fuck is going on? You know? I mean... It, right. It, it, and so, it, it, I think... I agree with you. I think this trailer did it. I agree with you that the Emperor, they're playing up because it unites all the fans, and he won't be around forever. I think Ahsoka's gonna be the catalyst for killing the Emperor, or advising Rey to kill, because Rey never wants to kill, and look, (laughs) Simi, let's be honest. If we want, if we get what we want, which is Rey, you know, kind of sadly, even sweetly, but necessarily murdering Kylo... I I still am thinking he looks so miserable in these trailers. My prediction that Kylo is going to beg her to kill him, I think is still in play. But if anyone can advise that sometimes it's not about the light and the dark, it's about what's best for life in the universe. And sometimes you have to kill people you don't want to kill. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi? And Ahsoka Tano, right? I mean, those are the two that are 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 true, like like almost paladins of goodness and light. And yet they will murder bad guys to save other people. This is what the whole Satine of Mandalore and Obi Wan arc that we did is about, right? Is like Satine is this idealistic pacifist, and Obi Wan's like, I love you and I respect what you're coming from, but this is just gonna get horrible if you don't get engaged, and it gets horrible, and Satine gets murdered, right? that's the whole mall thing it's so ahsoka advising ray to or helping ray to kill the emperor i think would be amazing she could die or disappear or or whatever and not have to be in a lie okay i'm done and i'll have some other predictions you can respond to that and then we're going to take our break that i'll cut out
1: um yeah I, i i i think a lot of it with these predictions and and what people want are these like Projections of what they're hoping for and all these things. Yeah, I, I really hope Ahsoka is in it. She's not. Am I selling my live. case
0: well though? So it does not just a no, fanboy it, it thing.
1: It, it's not a fanboy thing. I think it'd be a great direction of it to go because, like, we we think she's one of the better characters. So, okay. and then that opens a whole new door for 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 where things are going to go next with with Star Wars. Because, like, just because this is the last of this Star Wars doesn't mean that there's not another Star Wars that's going to happen. So I really hope that she's involved in that really new canon because a lot of this has been, uh, you know, prequel from Rogue One, uh, prequel from Solo, yeah. and then moving forward from Star Wars that existed at a certain point to then.
0: You know right. what I mean? She's, but because going be a whole new thing. Sorry, but because of World Between Worlds, we know she could time travel and, and space travel. So I could do anything with and then as she's maz, the most powerful maz jedi said, ever she's the most powerful jedi ever as
1: maz said at first it was the, the the emperor then it was the first now it's the first order you know there's always going to be some evil the dark side the dark side doesn't necessarily just reside in the emperor or just reside in, in uh in in um in Darth Maul, or it doesn't just reside in these few characters, it, it's going to continue to reside in other characters, and there'll be other bad guys and other people that need Ahsoka to like fuck up. So, so okay, you know, let, let's do another six movies with Ahsoka and 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 uh, and, and Rey and yeah. you know running around with uh with fucking um uh the Mandalorian, the, the true Mandalorian Sabine.
0: Oh, yeah, okay, so Simi. I have a couple final salvos salvos here, and then we're going to finish up with a couple thoughts, and then we'll jump into the Mandalorian. First of all...
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, we'll do the break. Um, First of all, in our very first podcast... I told you that th- there would be time traveling in, in in Star Wars. It would evolve Ahsoka, right? And that turned out to be true. I said the Mandalorian thing, you know, the wars and everything, we're going to come into it, in Mandalore and all that stuff was going to be huge. And that was true. But I proposed to you a story that I was writing at the time, and I stopped writing my Star Wars story with Obi-Wan and Ahsoka because it became clear to me that Ewan was coming back and was probably going to do that story. And so my argument against myself in this case, her not being Episode Nine is not only that it makes more sense it'll be easier in casting in K2 but that who is like the one person who could hang with Obi-Wan in like a character study on Tatooine between three and four who knows that he's there is clearly Ahsoka Tano you could easily right. do and we have two to three years to cast and train up and get the CGI makeup right right, with Ahsoka and, Rosario and, no. and Obi-Wan right? right. Mm-hmm. And, like Rosario maybe they mix Ashley's voice yeah, with Rosario's voice with and McGregor right exactly Um, And and so that would be the argument against it But but I will say, dude Whatever you think of The Last Jedi Thematically about the Force Luke is totally wrong uh, uh, constantly about the light and the dark side of the Force and the Jedi and the Sith. That's the whole point, is him realizing he's wrong, but specifically Rey realizing it. When she dives in the hole, he goes, you immediately went to the dark side, and he's so wrong about that. She's just exploring all the different sides of the Force. It's a continuum, like sexuality and politics, right? right? right. And who right. is the other major Jedi who's, expo- ex- you know, experience and explored the continuum? It's clearly Ahsoka Tano, so the Automatically, they set up the Ahsoka ideology. It's about the Force. I, I would say the Bendu as well is very reflective. Yeah, in Canaan, Jarrus. In canon, but we're, well as trained by the Bendu. I don't think we're gonna get the Bendu, although that would be amazing. That would be another amazing right. reveal. And they could do that, by the way. They could totally that because that that's not a
1: character. That's a CGI, right? That's yeah, a pure CGI
0: voiceover. So okay, all right, cut. So let's jump to the the Mandalorian trailer, buddy. Um, and this will stitch up nicely, which is Great. they're clearly appealing to the Boba Fett original trilogy fan people and that's what's annoying the younger prequel comics cartoon generation is you know is that but once they see how spectacular this is and it's going to be more like rogue one um than right, you know right, than anything right. else they're shooting it like rogue one as a war movie it looks beautiful and if the character stuff's great and, and once they realize that this is more about sabine and satine and bo-katan it, whether we see them or not dude they're Already pre production second season. So if we don't get Katie Sackhoff and Tia Surkar in season one, I think there's a great chance to get him in season two with the Mandalorian. But right. yes, they're, they're he's a bounty hunter. The of,
1: they're yeah. going to talk about the history of the people of Mandalore. So it can't be. That's why I'm like, I don't understand why it'd be Jenga fat. You know? I mean, like. No, it's not a or fat. I mean, bubble, bubble fat. It's, it's not, not a
0: fat. He's not a fat. The Fets aren't Mandalorians. They stole the armor. This guy is. Because, dude. They okay. So this isn't a spoiler because they say it in the trailer, which is what you and I have suspected: was that Mandalore got wrecked during the Separatist uh, stuff in in the Clone Wars and the prequels, never recovered, and then they were wrecked again during the Rebel Empire conflict in the original trilogy, which they mentioned very quickly in, in the trailer. And so a lot of Mandalorians, like we already see with you know a. a Uh, some of Sabine's people from Mandalore that they've gone off and and become bounty hunters and rogues you know and and stuff like that and and just bring them back to the side so you know the fact that like Mandalorians after getting wrecked in two ginormous wars in a 30 year period would create a bunch of bounty hunters thugs and rogues and so forth like this guy actually I think you know jives a lot more with the Clone Wars and what we know about the Mandalorians from the extended literature but of course everyone's honing in on oh it's after return of the jedi and it looks like boba fett i'm like okay wait guys you know wait and watch it and then and then judge because it looks awesome to me and he's ar- already cooler i mean he's already done more stuff and cooler stuff and you know four total minutes of trailer that boba fett ever could imagine in his lifetime so what did you Bra- think of the trailer and you could bring in the original teaser as well but this basically had that and a lot more
1: I think, I think I think it had a lot of parallels to what sold me for Solo. Uh, you know, that old gunslinger, you know, uh, with different kind of weapons. Uh, but also, like, he seemed like he wasn't just a bounty hunter. That he, was, he was, like, the hitman. You know what I mean? Like, he walks in and, like, everybody knows, like, that's not the dude to fuck with. And, like, he also is controlling... Uh, when he ran out of that little shelter and just kind of led the way, he got shot and then shot somebody. It looked like a scene out of Hitman. You know, so I think if, if somebody had never seen Star Wars before and, you know, this was their main line, like, first thing they saw, loved it, then, like, binged everything from the world, you know, like, I could see that happening. Like, why wouldn't it? Like, you don't need... That's what I like about, like, Rogue One and some of these other things. Like, the the saga, the Star Wars saga, meaning, you know, Luke, the Emperor, Anakin, blah, 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 is fucking phenomenal. Any way you slice it, it's fucking phenomenal. Like, the the whole Oedipus Rex shit, uh, the, the long time ago, far, far away, all of it. The, the, that it's science fiction, that there's royal, there's all this fucking shit. There's politics. There's games. There's all these things happening. But, but, but if if you've never seen any of that shit, and you just saw this, you'd be like, "Huh, it's like some kind of weird, you know, sci-fi western." And he's like, "I guess a bounty hunter." Like, I fucking watch that. And if you watch it from that perspective, which is like going to be a fair amount of people, like, why couldn't this be something new? Why isn't this the thing that gets people to watch? everything else so you know we're in a new a brave new world my friend uh where people just sort through all sorts of shit and want to watch things right now and i think they're going to be impressed and i think if you just saw that trailer and and nothing you didn't know what star wars was and you were into science fiction you know like fuck that looks great i mean i get turned on to netflix shit all the time that i never fucking watch some are good some are bad but they're just like watch this like for example i saw uh, raising Dion the other day. Cause like Netflix told me to, and it's the new, uh, Michael B. Jordan series. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fucking awesome. My wife and I binged it, yep. uh, in probably two weeks versus something like Peaky Blinders. It's the end of the end. And there's only six episodes and we, you know, we're not going to binge that. We're going to, you know, drink that slowly. Uh, but yeah, there's there's lots of good shows out there, and I think Disney is making a case for all the different avenues. We t- I talk about this all the time with you, like they're just opening all these avenues for everybody to just mainline, and it's just inevitable Star Wars mania is just okay. going to continue to happen
0: Red- redirect redirecting back to the Mandalorian really quickly so yeah it looks awesome we still don't know that much which is great other than it looks right. beautiful, it just looks like a great show right like, at the end of the day Wait, no, that's what I'll say great show yeah okay so Let's have a history lesson here. So John Favreau may have off the cuff said he still has problem understanding. It's not that he doesn't like the prequels. He said he just has he's had to have Dave Filoni kind of coach him about the prequels. But let's have a little history lesson here. Why is John Favreau obsessed with the Mandalorians? Well, they have jetpacks like Iron Man, but that's not the main reason. It's because he voiced a very key good, seeming good guy turned bad guy, that essentially led to Satine's death in the Clone Wars as pre-Vizsla and Clan Vizsla, of which Sabine is a part of Clan Vizsla, and that's part of the problem, so he's Clan Vizsla, he betrays Satine, leads to her death at the hands of Maul, and the taking over of Mandalore by Maul, which we're gonna see resolved partially with Ahsoka versus Maul the Clone Wars, Simi! if you don't want to, not you, if people don't want to buy into my Ahsoka episode 9 thing, that's fine, but if you don't think the Mandalorian <laughs> it, it, John Favreau, who played Pre Vizsla, and a ton of people, like he, Dave Filoni has at least as much input into this as Favreau, Favreau's the directorial genius, Filoni's the story guy clearly and the main producer if you don't think they're working in Clone Wars stuff and seeding stuff that had happened that we're gonna see in the quote unquote past in the Clone Wars and February, which is official, 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 even more than it was before. Sydney you know, it like I'm not saying is going to be in the Mandalorian, but what I'm saying is this is clearly going to connect. And so, people who just dismiss this as you know, uh, you know, as like horse feed for people who only like the original trilogy and playing cynically on the Boba Fett costume it is it is not only pathetically simplistic and short sighted, but it's not even looking at the history of the guy who's running a Favreau who played previous lot in the Mandalorian episodes that were so great right in Clone Wars am I wrong here am I crazy am I taking crazy pills
1: you're not wrong dude you're yeah. just an asshole yeah no you're not but wrong this is
0: another example of fans looking to hate on something they should love because this is actually going to do much more with the Mandalorian stuff we love from the cartoons and other things than it is with Return of the Jedi or Boba Fett clearly
1: yeah, I, I I really think it's a better story. It's a better storyline. Uh, you said February is the release for the new for the Clone Wars.
0: Yeah, and for some reason they're not releasing seasons they're saying they're not releasing seasons one through five or whatever that we want so badly. Um, until release date, I think they're gonna change their tune on that, or, or they're not giving full. I, I think two to three weeks before the new Clone Wars drops, because they're gonna be doing it weekly. Semi- they're not gonna bingeify it like Netflix, which is my main criticism. I think we have Debbie. They're Debbie not gonna bingeify it, and so they're gonna that's drop the. Fine, but- they're gonna do the Breaking Bad thing. They're gonna do the Breaking Bad thing. They're gonna, like, Breaking Bad dropped three seasons on Netflix before season four. They're gonna drop The Clone Wars on Disney Plus. That people can binge if they haven't seen it. Cindy, gonna drop hold that? on. Not gonna drop side note. The s- side note. Side note. I bought. I paid, for, I paid for it because I needed it, and I want to do it with you before February 2020. I bought the last five episodes of Season 5 of The Clone Wars, the Ahsoka Jedi Council arc, okay? I own it. I have those episodes. If you can find a way to get those episodes, we must, must, must do that, if not before The Mandalorian or even Episode 9. We have to do it by January before the new thing drops. I just want to let you know, I, I bought it because I was like, I need this I want to rewatch it and then do it with simi Go ahead.
1: I do love those episodes. I could do. I could do them just listening to yours. Anyway.
0: Uh, no. Side note. Wait, really quick. Side note. So, Electronic Arts is about to finally put out a very good Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order, because. People were tired of all the multiplayer Loot box microtransaction Nonsense of Battlefront Weren't even that good So they gave it to their best studio Who's done Titanfall and Apex Legends And is a great sort of sub-studio In EA to do a single-player game That's exactly like Uncharted Or The Last of Us Witcher Horizon It's a third-person Adventure story that's pure Canon of one of the only Jedis Like Kanan who survived between Three and four and he's trying to fight his way back it's total canon he goes on four planets semi and the final planet which they've revealed nothing about in the game you want to know what it is what dathomir
1: Oh, wow.
0: Which is Maul's planet with the Night Sisters and so forth. So they're building everything up towards the Clone Wars. This is the brilliance. Everyone thinks everything's building towards the Mandalorian, Episode 9, but those two things are actually building towards the Clone Wars if you, if you really look at it. Certainly, the Mandalorian, the TV show, in a lot of ways, is building towards the Clone Wars, and the game is just going to have some great, great, great stuff. Because let's be honest, with me, it's going to be the Ahsoka Maul show. It's Ahsoka, the Clone. And Maul is most of what's going to be going on in the Clone Wars, which is awesome.
1: So, real quick, are you telling me that there's Disney Plus and like the Clone Wars aren't on it? Isn't on it right now?
0: There's Disney Plus doesn't release till November 12th. They say they're not releasing the Clone Wars on November 12th. I, like I said, but the
1: Mandalorian is coming out.
0: On November 12th. Like, if, if Haley Steinfeld's Dickinson, on November 1st, a couple days from now, is the launch for Apple+, Plus, The Mandalorian, if for in terms of adult new entertainment content, is launching on November 12th, the first episode. It's a... I believe it's a two... Is it a two-hour premiere? I don't know. It's, it's going to be an epic premiere on the 12th. And then, not only that, Simmy, it's eight episodes. Everyone assumed they would take a break for Christmas in episode nine. Nope. They're airing straight through, the right before, during, and into the end of the year. The Mandalorian, as episode nine is, which is brilliant. Again, you and me having the long view on this, because if people aren't thrilled with episode nine and they don't like Reylo, but they love, you know, the original trilogy in this vision, the more Rogue one Han Solo vision or whatever that you and I always talk about and love, well, they got the Mandalorian. So maybe they can stop bitching for five seconds. It, you don't have to love episode nine, but you can watch the Mandalorian and get, and get pumped up. So I think it's a great decision by Disney.
1: Yeah, I do, too. I just really hope they don't, like, fuck us on some things. Also, real quick, does ESPN, is that included in the Disney Channel?
0: I don't know what they're going to do with ESPN. It's so funny, the Monday Night Football thing. Did you see it when the trailer aired?
1: No, no, I didn't. So Uh, I was...
0: Yeah. So nor- normally. No, I
1: didn't see when it aired.
0: You know, normally they pay lip service. To the the dumbass dumb announcers, old guys, pay lip service to the trailer. Oh, the new
1: Star Wars trailer? Maybe right, right. at the halftime. Right, right, right. right. And,
0: then they, and then they make you watch the music and they show the trailer. Nope. As soon as the half ended, they immediately not only launched into it, they threw it to Scott Van Pelt, my guy, the ultimate old school ESPN nerd who's a real smart person. Cool hilarious but super nerd At ESPN by himself In the studio so that he could Cock tease us for a few seconds before the Trailer and he pulled a little Poe Dameron thing where he's like you guys want to watch it You want to watch it are you ready you want me to stop Talking he did like one of that You know what I mean because you could tell he Was amped so ESPN Finally nailed the trailer reveal They did it right afterwards they threw it to Van Pelt Just so that Van Pelt could introduce it And it was absolutely glorious it was glorious Dude
1: quick quick things about that SVP real quick. First of all, he is on all the Tiger Woods golf because his original uh come-ups was he's from Maryland and he was really guy. into golf. And he uh he he was uh, he was a golf announcer for the golf channel. That's how he got into it. Yeah. And uh I listened to um his show religiously, SVP and Rosillo. First it was SVP and then it was SVP and Rosillo, yeah, uh, with Ryan Rosillo. Those are that was my by far, I believe. I could argue that is the best show that they ever produced. And what they did was they tried to take the two big names and make separate shows from them because they were just too big for their britches. Instead of like just expanding and. I like what ESPN's done with certain things, and like it's all right. But breaking them up was the worst thing they ever did. They well, should we- just let that show keep going.
0: But okay. anyway, well, first of all, wait, hold on, hold on,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to talk about
0: SVP though before
1: you're going to let me. So you just finish my last. Li- I'm still talking about sorry, SVP. Sorry, sorry, sorry,
0: sorry, sorry. Also,
1: SVP has. This isn't the first time that he's. They they've really done some cool commercials with some sci fi stuff on the uh on the movie uh oh fuck with the anika Annika, what the fuck's her name the robot that like kills people he did this thing like he was doing the announcing uh as if the sport existed in real life and then he, that that was the interlude to the actual trailer for the movie so he's really he is the nerd and the sci-fi crossover guy and he's my favorite by far uh, anchor, anybody TV personality from ESPN. Shoot!
0: So you totally understood where I was coming from with that and why yes. they picked him and to I, do I'm it.
1: I'm so sad, I missed that. I totally missed and, that. That's awesome. I have to find that portion of it to yes. watch it like
0: that. I mean, intellectually, SVP or SVP and Russell, anything with SVP so far beyond, you know, Cowherd and Mike and Mike and that trash on ESPN. The only only thing that is comparable is Bill Simmons. But Bill Simmons is a pop culture figure of an enormous level who sold a ton of books, (laughs) who has moved between different media and different people. You know, ESPN wanted to fire Simmons constantly over the years, but they couldn't because his ratings were so damn good. And they finally split.
1: Rasillo is now on Simmons, his podcast.
0: Right, that's what I'm saying. There's he a couple signed, smart. He
1: signed a major, yeah. co- a major contract with him. I, she should, he should sign. She should, blah, blah, blah. Simmons should sign Jamil Hill as well. She's doing her own thing right yes. now, but still.
0: But anyway. Simmons Simmons would never talk about Star Wars with all his pop culture references, whereas Rosillo with SVP would definitely talk about Star Wars. I, I love those guys.
1: Or SVP than Rosillo. Rossillo is a little bit more straight edge. Yes, uh, that's
0: true, but he, he knows the references at least.
1: Oh, yeah. No, still, we still... The way S V P and Rasoola worked is, like, I felt like it's the same way me and my friends talk to each other, like, or we'd make... Like, I just felt like I was on the inside of all their jokes. Yep, You know? It, I mean, I think that's what people... And it's not a cocky... It's not a douchebaggy way. It just was. But I think that's what people want. They want to know what they're talking about. Not that it's necessarily an entire code, but that, like, you know, like... the you're speaking my language, you're of my, you're, you're of my, my genre. Mm. Like I get you, you get me as if like interchangeably, like we could almost be friends fakely. But that, I mean, that's why you'd listen to a show like that for content and humor. Cause they'd sit there and make jokes about things that I think are hilarious while feeding me, you know, conversations about, about sports, you know, and, and that's why I really appreciate them.
0: And this is a great transition to other stuff because despite all of the binge watching and people and again this worries me because i'm a movie guy but i love reading and audiobooks and playing video games and interactive things the watching of so much television this is not an accusation i used to make because i know married couples in america in 2019 watch a lot of netflix and stuff i i, I get it but it does worry me a little bit but despite all that podcasting is a growth industry for exactly the reason you said. Against all odds in 2019, the the audiophile of someone like me or someone way better and more famous like Scott Van Pelt talking in your ear for three hours is actually a growth industry with podcasting. It's quite amazing.
1: People still commute, man. No matter how industrial we will become, people still
0: commute. You can't watch YouTube videos for seven hours a day, but I can listen to seven hours of podcasts.
1: and, And in terms of the commute, Like, the commute's only going to get better or farther or shorter, meaning that, like, perhaps... So, I always think of Philadelphia as our sixth borough in New York because, like, the reality is it's just not that far away. And it's, it's its own amazing fucking thing. But, like, the way people look at Philadelphia is if it's so far away. But, like, you could totally... You know, if you only worked in New York three days a week or four days a week, you could totally live in Philadelphia and it wouldn't be that big of a deal, you know? Uh, But the idea in that commute that like you're listening to shit as part of your job, perhaps like, you know, it'd be fucking worth it because like I drive and listen to books all day. Uh, For example, I actually just finished a prequel to one of the new shows out on uh, on, um, Amazon Prime. Called uh, Carnival Row. Mer- the Witcher. I'm, I'm going to watch The Witcher, but uh, I just finished Car- Carnival Row with uh, with Legolas, uh, Orlando Bloom.
0: Oh, and- my, my fucking lesbian crush, Caratella Delevingne She's such a sexy badass, even though she's super gay and militant and kind of scary. I- I'm a big fan yeah. of her.
1: Yeah, dude. So I, I listened to the prequel book that's on uh, Prime recently after I watched the, the series. I thought it was great. I thought it was really great. So. That one was dropped all at once, and my wife and I binged it. Uh, Raising Dion uh, was dropped all at once, and my wife and I binged it. But then we we're also watching uh, Watchmen right now. and uh, I knew this was going to come up. Yeah, Watchmen is, is, is fucking awesome. Even Regina King watching, is fucking yeah. balls. Like, yeah. she's the shit. And that's dropping once a week, and we're watching it once a week, uh, religiously, the way we watch uh, Game of Thrones. So... I think it works both ways like do i put more thought into raising dion raising dion and Watchmen aren't comparable Uh, but at the same time like i think both models work i mean whatever you want to do like i don't i don't think there's a gonna be in my mind there hasn't been a game of thrones out yet Right now that It's everyone- happening
0: It's called The Witcher Just wait a month and a half I swear to god Just wait It's gonna happen Do you think it's gonna happen?
1: Okay I mean I, I wish, Look I've read I, it I, I was, I, I, I've, I've watched, read the books I watched the I've trailer read the I books. Know you played the games You've read the books Forget about the games
0: I've read I've, I've <laughs> gone through all eight books twice on audiobook I've read Tolkien a million times I read Game of Thrones book one And a little bit of two I'm, wait wait, wait I'm- Who wrote this? This isn't His name is Andrzej Sapkowski, he's Polish, but they finally got, he wrote it in the 90s and early 2000s, and they finally got good translations about 15, 20 years ago, and it was such a best-selling sensation before Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones steals so much from this, I mean, it's, it's not even funny how okay, much they basic- steal. But but, but it, it, that what led to the video games was people's thirst for how brilliant the story was but unlike Game of Thrones yes this is very violent and there's a lot of bad people especially kings and queens and noblemen and people with power but the difference is You have, like, good guys who are very flawed and three-dimensional, like Geralt the Witcher and his adoptive daughter, Ciri, and the various enchantresses and sorceresses that he has flings with, and they have motives, but they're mostly good guys who you can kind of root for, even though they make bad decisions and stupid choices uh, sometimes. But what's great is, because you have monsters, is theoretically Geralt, as a Witcher, is a monster hunter, but more than half the time, he ends up Like Van Helsing? Well, okay but he most more uh, most of the time he ends up trying to help the monsters adapt to modernity and uh, colonialism of mankind and, and he uh, uh, will even kill people if it's like a werewolf you know that's just trying to live in the forest who's cursed if he can't undo the curse and people are, like, trying to kill it, like, he'll threaten the people and even kill the bandits who are trying to kill the werewolf for torturing, you know. These, well, don't these give animals. it all away. No, no, like no, no. Just, like, but the that's thematically because elves and dwarves and changelings and dryads, they are tortured and thrown in concentration camps. Dude, he, this is a Polish author, dude, who grew up right after World War II. He uses the word pogroms to describe what humans do to non-humans, but also human magic users and other humans with talents. It's very political. Hold on. Unlike Game of Thrones, which I think is kind of conservative politically, this is very, like, almost radically liberal politically. It addresses immigration, racism, and genocide, and really important issues. And so while it's dark and violent, and that's part of it, you have some people who, who are powerful, who band together To try and prevent humanity from killing everyone else and each other And so it's an inspiring story It's very interesting It's funnier There's humor um, And and there's way more magic And there's way more fighting I mean the fighting in the first couple episodes And the magic is going to be way better than anything you've seen in Game of Thrones So that that, And again I've read the books I know how these things work It's really between Tolkien and in Game of Thrones if you if you triangulate Tolkien in Game of Thrones but add in sort of modern political messages that aren't heavy-handed that's The Witcher, and so Henry Cavill is going to be looking awesome with white hair, orange eyes, and he's going to—I mean, you know—in the video games you slice people like diagonally. I mean, he's so powerful; he murders people in very creative ways, but he doesn't torture them. If he decides someone's bad or a monster's bad, and they got to go. He gets rid of them as quick as possible. He's a brilliant fighter, but he's extremely loyal to the women in his life, and that's my final point. Is I know Lena Headey and Amelia Clark supposedly these powerful women in game of thrones the women in the witcher are really the main characters and most of the good guy main characters and very complicated and even though there's lots of sexism because it has to be somewhat medieval they are the enlightened smart powerful ones for the most part including his adoptive daughter who he's unbelievably fiercely like stardust has nothing on this because she's the messiah so it's like ray imagine if like luke had his head together and like raised ray as an adoptive daughter and that sort of loyalty because she's Luke Skywalker in this series and That's the series is what it's really all about um, and, and so I think it's, if it's done well and it looks like they're doing it with Netflix with the magic and the fighting and the political issues and the women and, and, and but also the monsters they got scary ass monsters it, it, so they got the horror thing I think this is gonna nail it and this is Netflix's biggest budget by far I know everyone's saying oh Game of Thrones guys left Star Wars they weren't fired because they have a nine-figure deal with Netflix. But you know what? They had a major deal with Star Wars, and now they're gone. They claim they quit, you know? I mean, we've heard this before. Like, when Joss Whedon, quote-unquote, quit DC, you know? It was like, come on, this is total bullshit, I, the Witcher is is, is gonna I, I, I hope people are much more Into it uh, than, than Game Of Thrones I think people are Dude people were left hollow for Game of Thrones not because they didn't Like the plot twists at the end semi but Specifically for years of Bullshit that I talked about over and over Again as bullshit and then People were left hollow at the end because they Realized for all the fireworks and all The characters and the sets and the costumes And the sex and the violence there was Really nothing going on in Game of Thrones Witcher is way more substantive sorry go ahead
1: no, I'm really excited for it to come out I, I, I'm And, and, and the, the audiobook reader Is
0: the best audiobook reader He also does Ian Banks Who's considered like the, Along with Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman Like the greatest modern humanistic Science fiction fantasy writer From England who, who passed away sadly In the last couple of years Ian Banks, this guy Peter Kenny who does The Witcher He does all the voices Female, male, he does voices for all the crazy Monsters, it, it's, it's awesome If you're you who loves the Harry Potter Books, you will absolutely love this guy's performance of The Witcher. It's very funny. I mean, there's entire chapters like 20, 30, 40 minutes. It's like him and, you know, this his bard, who's a best friend, who's like a total egotistical womanizer, but Geralt can't help but love the guy. And there'll be a halfling and a dwarf and a changeling, and they're all trying to just figure out how to get out of the town without all getting murdered by the, you know, religious police of the town. But it's very funny. You you know, it's, it's that kind of thing, very dialogue-based, which I, I think you would agree, Simi, dialogue-based stuff is what works best in audiobooks. You don't want to hear someone describe things in the environment for 40 hours on an audiobook. You want to hear conversation between the characters, right? That's what makes Harry Potter so great.
1: Yeah, I want to hear story content. I want it to make me think. I want to hear character building. I want to be described where I am in the in the action scenes and when things are happening. You know, I want to, you know, there's, a, it takes me, it doesn't take me long to get into a book, and it doesn't take me long to get out of a book. And when you, once you've got me, I'll get back into it. Like, for example, I've gone back into The Magicians again. Uh, but now I'm going to, I'm going to download The Witcher tonight. I'm, in, I'm interested. You got me. I mean, no, so,
0: no shade on, on things like The Magicians. I read lots of fantasy. No, I, I think I, The, the but,
1: Magicians is, it's very written, it's written very well. The, the I'm, sure are, the I'm, sure, I'm sure
0: it is. I'm sure it is. But on the Mount Rushmore of fantasy writers of the last 50 years, it's Tolkien, uh, um, Rowling, and Sapkowski are are the three. Easily. I mean, it was so apparent to me on reading and listening to the audiobooks. I I love the video game, and that's what got me into it. I couldn't believe I didn't know about it. And immediately I was like, this is way better than Tolkien in this day and age, because Tolkien just writes about tr- tr- tramping through nature for dozens and dozens of pages. As much as I love Tolkien, all the characters are one-dimensional. The to- Lord of the Rings characters in the movies are <coughs> are way more dimensional than in the book, uh, and so it doesn't hold up great. Other than just a, you know a classic work of old, you know, original fantasy that everyone's copied, Game of Thrones is not written well. And this was the other thing was like early on in Game of Thrones. I think season three, when I was starting to get off the wagon after liking season one and two of Game of Thrones, I actually went back and, and read. I think all of uh, the first Game of Thrones book, um, uh, and, and part of the second one. I'm like, this is not well written. And not only that, <laughs> not only that. If you think the raping, if you wrong. if you think the rapiness of Amelia Clark and her brother in the first couple episodes of season one is bad, well, in the book she's twelve. And all the oh, Stark okay. children, with everything they go through, Sansa's like nine. Jon Snow and Rob are like 12. How or old is 13. Sansa when she
1: kills the Night King? I,
0: I, I don't know, but the rapiness. I'm worried about I'm, is, The rapiness right. is happening to children who are well under 16 in the books, and it's not even well written. It, Game of Thrones tapped in to guilty pleasure for people who mostly are liberal persuasion, which is very interesting. Uh, and it Did you was, ever after see the Andy, seasons, Samberg, sorry, I have to, the Andy finish,
1: Samberg joke of that?
0: After <laughs> eight seasons of hollow nothingness where nothing happens other than people plotting against each other, and there was actually... It fucking And there was actually a happy ending where the Starks won, and everyone's dissatisfied. That's why I did my whole Game of Thrones podcast. I'm like, this is unbelievable. They have an actually happy ending where the Starks win after all the rape and murder and suffering, and people hate it. I was like, this it, you know... There was no way people were going to like Game of Thrones after it's over because it's like having sex with a woman you hate for eight, you know a year and then getting out of the relationship and you just feel dirty for the next three years. You know what I mean? Like That's how I feel about Game of Thrones. It's disgusting. It's lowbrow that people convinced themselves was highbrow because of the costumes and the set pieces and so forth. And that's why I'm excited for The Witcher and some of these other series and, and, and even the re-envisioning of Watchmen because you know I hate Z- Zack Snyder. So I love that they're doing the Watchmen better than Zack Snyder cuz I hate Zack Snyder. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's 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 going to be really good. I I I'm pretty excited for all of it. Uh, uh you got me sold. I like that's what I need. I need a new fantasy novel to dive into. Like I've been deprived. I I need I need something new. So this is this is going to be great. I'm going to by the way If it's as good as you say it is, I'm probably going to kill it now. So So we'll, we'll probably have to do separate pieces on that.
0: Can I just give you my spiel on this really quickly? So the first two books, The Last Wish and The Sword of Destiny, are hybrid short story novels. You think they're short stories introducing Geralt in his world, how he met his love, Yennefer, how he met his best friend, who's an insufferable but lovable, egotistical, womanizing, cowardly, but but uh, but also loyal bard named Dandelion or Dandelion, uh, although he goes by Julian in the show, which is his original name. Uh, he's a dandy, which is why they call him Dandelion. Um, and, but but and he, you know how he meets his adoptive daughter, Siri, and their destinies are linked, and he has to be her protector because all. The forces of evil from like different dimensions Like elves from other worlds And dimensions are coming after her because of How powerful she is she's a mix of elven And human blood and all that stuff And blah, blah blah but anyways so you think The first two books are kind of like short stories but It's actually leading towards what's Ultimately a five book what I call the Series saga which are very Serialized novels uh, That came after those two books With the whole Siri thing starting With her training and then things get really really crazy As more and more forces get involved I will say that the show is definitely starting at the beginning of that series saga, where we've already been introduced to some of the main characters. However, I would urge you, Simi, to start with the first published book called The Last Wish, because that's how he meets his love yennefer the the gorgeous but dark sorceress his best buddy dandelion how he treats with elves and beasts and nature and he hates humans though too because of how horrible and violent we are start with the last wish they're actually releasing a collector's edition hardcover that looks beautiful um, leading up to the, the series uh, That's coming out uh, And it's only it's like, like I said earlier to you It's like eight or nine hours Which for an audiobook fantasy Is, is very short And you meet all the characters It's actually the best thing to uh, Get Into before the series Because if you start reading the series saga Blood of elves it will actually spoil you On what's coming in season one of the witcher Whereas this is a prequel This is a prequel to what's coming in in the series So you get to meet Yennefer and why he falls in love with her Why series important and why Dandelion You think is insufferable but he's Absolutely lovable and exactly the traveling Companion that that Geralt needs So I urge everybody out there before The series don't read the Series saga five novels Blood of elves and so forth start with the last wish the first book it's a masterpiece of genius literature and when you hear peter kenny i've already listened to it twice it's something i'm probably going to re-listen to two three four times a a year which i know you can understand because you you rock some audiobooks a a lot too sorry i'll shut up
1: no i mean i think it's all gonna be great i'm really looking forward to reading it you haven't ruined it for me by telling me everything that's gonna happen in it I understand. No, it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other things that, I mean, other than like I've been savoring Peaky Blinders and not wanting to watch the whole thing because I don't want it to end. Uh, so I've only seen three episodes of that. Um,
0: what is it about that show? Because. Peaky Blinders seems like the kind of show. I know it's only a few episodes a season, and it's amazing cast, and, and, and you know everything in writing, and, and set pieces, and time period. But that seems like a show, and Tom Hardy and Killian Murphy don't age, my dude. So they could be making that show for a long, long time, well beyond Sherlock and you know Broadchurch and those other you know English BBC esque shows. What is it about Peaky Blinders without too many spoilers?
1: Um, it's a time piece like The Sopranos.
0: I, well, that's not enough, though, for why everyone <laughs> thinks it's so great. No, it is. It, it is. Because, is it just like, the individual performances in the writing is so yeah. great? What, you think the individual? No, it's the
1: story. It's the life. Mm-hmm. It's like the inside track of gangsters, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the exact same thing as... Uh, You know, seeing that Tony Soprano goes to a shrink, you know, watching uh, watching Killian Murphy's character, uh, Tommy, you know, like kill people Mm -hmm. and then be vulnerable in front of his 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 wife at this point. You know, I mean, there's a lot of death and there's a lot of dealing with that death and there's a lot of like vulnerability from a lot of the different characters so so it's like you know you you get to see uh you get to see gangsters be gangsters but then you get to see them be like normal human beings so like that i, be, I believe that's what, why everybody was attracted to 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 sopranos because it was like tony's like a real fucking dude like he has a wife and two kids and the kids are fucking annoying they're they're always getting in trouble and this and that and like he has a whole other life to deal with on top of the fact that he's a fucking gangster so killian murphy's character is a lot like that like it's it's dealing with his family dynamic and dealing with like and his fa- and he's in his family business just like Tony. Like it's it's gangsters being gangsters, but then the reality of them being like human beings with families and stuff and balancing the life. So I think you know, and the timepiece is great because like their their accents are incredible. Uh, you know, it's 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 a um, you know talking about the Romani gypsies and that heritage is pretty unknown. Um, sidebar. My mom just wrote a book on the Gypsies uh, and the Romani, and she's on a book tour right now hmm. uh, uh, promoting. She interviewed a bunch of people in their community about their – she she does a lot of these books on people's uh, history and oral history and things like that. So she she hmm. got into the niche of the Romani people in Michigan <laughs> and in Minnesota. And, With and Simi. Uh, as we
0: briefly talked about is of great interest to me as a traveler but especially a long time scholar of iberia and and spain for the last 1500 years of which the gypsies are almost never mentioned in an unbelievably huge part if you travel in southern spain there's roma people everywhere uh And the Spanish, like, racist as fuck, like so many Europeans. They ignore the Africans, and they ignore the gypsies, or worse. Uh, Now, the Spaniards now love Jews and want us to come back to Spain, but the Muslims, blacks, and gypsies, not so much.
1: So it's really sorry I misspoke it's the it's uh the book title is Romani's in Michigan so it's actually people No no I understand
0: uh, but I'm saying yeah, yeah, the journey of them is fascinating because other than the Jews the amount of distance this minority group covered of a huge geog- geography that we keep learning more about over such a huge amount of time and how their music it's very possible that the the Minor key sort of Middle Eastern Vibe that we get in Scandinavian And Spanish music and so forth Was actually transmitted by Gypsy people um, Flamenco was specifically gypsy music Stolen from the gypsies And rebranded as Nash, Spanish national music But flamenco is just taking a guitar And playing gypsy music And what they do with their voices Is exactly what Arabic singers do with their voices So it's a very underserved community Historically, to say the least, but unlike Native Americans, luckily there's still a lot of them. I would be fascinated to read your mom's work on that.
1: Yeah, I'll forward you actually uh, this write-up in this um, that they just did for one of her book tour for her book tour, Sweet. and it's a really good um, understanding of what this book is and what some of the things my mom does. But but yeah, the Romani are very interesting and like. You know, like as pop culture, I guess you can say we have Snatch with Brad Pitt's character, uh, you know, speaking Pikey and like understanding like what gypsies are in, uh, in 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 England, and then you have something like those fucking weird shows that look like they're just fucking, you know, really, but uh, just really. Uh, hoeing out the culture of gypsies and making them look petty and just stupid and like i don't know like those they did like the real life gypsy moms or something like that and like i just think it's like such a poor projection of of like what like a whole culture really really is that we don't like and it's just really just like, you know, helped stereotypes and things like that. So those things aren't great. And then there's just not a lot of people who let outsiders into their culture. So there's not a lot of people who know a lot about things that are going on. So I think the research in the the book is is pretty good. But yeah, so I, I, I think it's cool to just see like these gangsters in this timepiece and the timepiece is done so well um similar to i believe the comedy show Marvelous Miss Maisel is like an incredible show that's out right now and i'm looking my friend actually works on the um the fashion end of that show she's a buyer for and helps with the fittings and like the uh, she clothes and chooses clothing for those of everyone in the background for the most part for all these big shows uh, that Marvelous Miss Maisel does. And that's like, like it's such a funny show and they do such a great job with everything they're doing, um, you know, content wise. But then if you the piece, it's like an amazing timepiece. So, again, it's looking at the these great gangsters in their own timepiece, but also like real that that's like. And it's done so well with their style and their uh, everything they're doing and their accents and is everything so so authentic? But then on top of it, uh, the story's great. So like the style's great, the story's great, and it's inside an inside perspective of gangsters and their family. So yeah, I think that's that's the attraction, at least for me. It's 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 like a different, you know, uh, Sopranos mm-hmm. or Peaky Blinders. You'd watch yeah. the same show. Like why would like if someone said god i fucking love i wish there was a show like the sopranos i'd say i'd say you know they have their own language too they're speaking italian part of the time they're speaking pikey or whatever part of the time uh you know and there's there's subtitles for that so yeah Yeah. i i that's what i would it's a it's a different version of the sopranos
0: so your whole thing earlier about letting netflix throw stuff at you and you take some and leave others but like your ability to get into all of these kinds of shows, not the actual consumption of it, because you know, you find time when you you love stuff like that, but to find those shows, I normally watch five minutes of these shows and I just can't even take it. I mean, even Peaky Blinders, which I love everything about the actors in the setting, is just kinda slow to me. Um And I just have trouble getting into it Not that I want all action-packed shows Because I tend not to like those shows Which is why I tend to wait for things Like the Star Wars shows or The Witcher Which are properties I like And maybe I won't love it Now one I've put off Which I've been waiting for forever But because it's such a childhood thing for me And it's very emotional Is the Dark Crystal series on Netflix which I grew up loving the dark crystal but it's kind of creepy and scary but it's it's also very you know fantasy jim henson but it's very political undercurrent I I've, I've been putting off Age of Resistance to dark crystal because I know it's going to be awesome and a very sort of emotional thing uh for me um but you know me it's hard for me to stick with series past two three seasons even ones i love like battlestar i have to force myself to season four homeland i stopped in season four vikings i stopped in season four i mean yeah i still
1: haven't finished uh, battlestar i still have like the last i've finished the last season
0: I fell yeah. Off. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 tough. It's tough, especially when you have twenty four episodes of forty three minute television per season. It, it's asking a lot. I mean, t- technically, Battlestar is is t- uh, four seasons, but Simi, it's seventy three episodes. So that's seven Game of Thrones seasons. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> that's seven yeah. Game of Thrones. I mean, that's literally seven Game of Thrones seasons. Seventy three episodes.
1: Honestly, I, I gotta be uh, full disclosure. I never finished Breaking Bad. There were certain aspects of it. Like, I never finished Breaking That was back. one like,
0: I burned through. That was one I, I did get through. No,
1: I did originally. Rain and I did, and then we fell off. Like, mm-hmm. in the last season, we just fell off. and like,
0: Yeah, the last season did feel like it was, yeah. Um,
1: hey, you know what would have kept me in that show? Hmm. Remember that episode where the wife is about to fucking leave, and then she turns around and comes back? If she had just fucking left, I would have kept watching the show forever and ever and ever. She
0: was the worst thing. Skyler Skyler was was Rose thing. Tico years before Rose Tico. Skyler was, like, was, was Skyler White that actress was harassed and threatened throughout the series because like Kelly Marie Tran as Rose Chico, people could not separate between hating the character and hating the actress of the character. I remember that happening. I remember her talking about it. She was a brave soldier and, you know, and Brian Cranston and Vince Gilligan, you, you know, understood how important it was to dislike her at points. But, and rewatching of Breaking Bad, dude, Walter White is so horrible that her nagginess and annoyingness is so small in the scope of how much of a, a homicidal, you know, power-hungry, egotistical right. maniac that Walter White is. But,
1: but, but, like, at least he's like, uh, at least he's predictable.
0: And this is the Game of Thrones thing. And this is the Kylo Ren thing. This is exactly like women like Kylo Ren. Women like the bad boy. Women like the bad boy. Men like the bad boy. They like Kylo Ren. They like Darth Vader. They like all the rapey, violent bad guys in Game of Thrones. Again, dude, this is the guilty pleasure thing. People like the rapey, violent bad guys. And, and and that's why Kilgrave is so but brilliant. She was like Jessica just so, Jones. She
1: was so she was so irrational and illogical. The logical thing would have been for her, obviously, to just keep driving. You know, like. Like her kids are her kids. Like they're they're old. You know what I mean? She was
0: polluting at that point. At at that point she was totally in on on the scam. But she was fine. She could have just rolled out. She could have just fucking left. Oh god, I wish she left. This is such a I'm sorry, dude. This is a mansplain this is a mansplaining thing here. Is blaming blaming the victim, blaming women who are in victimized situations. She is with one of the biggest and worst drug dealers in the country, and we're Blaming the victim in this marriage Because her psychology is totally Fucked up that uh, was- That's not what I'm saying back up
1: I'm saying the show Always shot on her role Like she always ruined Shit like, But you were supposed like to
0: dislike show- her just like her sister You're also supposed to dislike her sister But her sister okay. was sort of simple And so you're like oh she's Marie She's kind of neurotic and purple and sweet She just you know?
1: made this little fire
0: Like 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 they're all despicable. The and, only the again, only so person bad, who's not despicable but, but, but is Walt example. Jr. Walt Jr is the only non-despicable one.
1: But Sopranos, like I liked how he was shitty to his wife and his wife didn't fucking take it and and she set boundaries and he made him go to therapy and a bunch of other things and they worked in their relationship. I'm not saying that's a parallel to like what like what like um a real person and a real person to treat their wife or whatever but what i'm saying is like it's more realistic you know what i mean like the the like like the way she treated tony was more realistic to somebody in her position you know, like they just like were like, let's make her do something crazy this week again. That doesn't make any fucking sense. That's gonna jeopardize everybody's okay, okay. you know, life, money, and everything. You know what I mean? And it's like, why are you okay. doing this?
0: Like, okay. that's what I meant. It's fine. There was this like is, this is just a triggering day. thing because I know how horribly the actress was treated by the fan base on this issue. So but I I'm not, people, I blame the writers. I don't blame her. I don't even know. Who no, blame she the is. people who are threatening her. Blame the. Blame the. the,
1: They're crazy. I mean, yeah. Like, dude, these people, like.
0: So help me understand, Simmy. Help me understand. I'm going to okay what? so I, I, we got to wrap this up because this is in a million parts we'd sound problems luckily this last hour I haven't had a problem it was great we'll have to continue God, this God. conversation but this is my big point back to Game of Thrones is help me understand how educated liberal men but especially educated liberal women put up with what they put Lena Headey and Sophie Turner through on that show with rape and violence over and over again and considered it entertaining entertainment without being self-aware of what was going on and even Khaleesi who was being manipulated and started kind of crazy and got more and more crazy. People were so shocked when Khaleesi went crazy. So I mean, I watched the first season of game of Thrones. I knew Bran was going to be the Messiah. I knew Khaleesi was going to go crazy. Everything was telegraphed. And then it was just playing out the strings and they treated the women so horribly. Help me understand why women who are normally progressive love game of Thrones. I can't understand that. I can't understand it.
1: I think game of Thrones is everybody's guilty pleasure. I mean like there's a lot of sex, there's a lot of violence, everybody can have How is rape
0: can, a guilty pleasure? Why do I want to see rape week after week? Which which was there wasn't a
1: ton of rape. Sansa Stark was, little, was
0: raped numerous times, depending on your definition of rape. I mean Oh, but also
1: at some level that's a timepiece too, you know, like you know, like it's she was it's not like they were showing her being raped every day like Game of know. Thrones is the
0: anti Star Wars which is why Star Wars fans were not happy about Game of Thrones and they left or fired or whatever happened
1: it, I mean in a, you know Desert Island I don't want Game of Thrones I want Star Wars No no like, no I, but that's not what I'm Thrones. saying St-
0: Star Wars can tell incredibly dark tales, whether it's Ryan Kylo or Rogue One or Last Jedi or Empire Strikes Back, but you still have people to root for, even if they're flawed and make bad decisions. This is my thing about The Witcher. The Witcher's going to be more yeah. like Star Wars than it is like Game of Thrones, even though it's going to look like, on the surface, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is bad guys and bad guys plotting against bad guys, and a few good guys get killed or raped and murdered or just raped and tortured. So, so
1: here's what I'll say about Game of Thrones. I think there's a lot of gratuitous sex, but let's just say... (laughs) You think? You think?
0: Okay. No, no, no.
1: I want to separate the gratuitous sex from the sexual violence. Okay? So I'm just saying I think I'd look at the show in a different way if there wasn't so much gratuitous sex on top of the violence. But I think... I I mean, I think Sansa Stark's story is incredible, and I think it should be told because it's a story that's parallel with a lot of women in her position uh, with, you know, uh, princesses trading allegiances based on wars that are won and women that are won from said wars, you know, and, and the history that they were doing. So, you know, like Ramsay, yes, was raping her all the time, but it's not like they were doing all these, like, horrible sex scenes with her being like you know like pulp fiction raped you know constantly like yes it was shitty but i i mean like i and like that's not like i just i guess what i'm saying is if you took some of the gratuitous sex out of things i think maybe it would have been a more serious piece and but i mean it's it's accurate you know like Um, and I don't think that's not what I meant about the gratuitous sex. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a classic soap opera because there's a lots of different, I mean, it's literally a classic soap opera with all the incest and different levels and, and all that shit. And then all the, all the like surprise twists and turns of who's going to die and who's going to survive and who's going to take care of it, take, take, take over. So I think there was the violence, the sex, but like the rape stuff is is taken pretty seriously. I don't think it's gratuitous. I think it's I think it's accurate for for certain characters. It wasn't like everybody was getting raped all the time. It was like you know, there was certain and and then it was also addressed by heroes in certain levels. Like, if um, are but you familiar? We know
0: women have been raped and mistreated for literally ninety nine point nine percent of human history, including right. now. And so to turn this into the biggest show ever and be like, well, this is how women were treated in medieval times. I, again, when people watch The Witcher, women aren't treated well, but they are empowered to a certain degree, and they have people who are defending no, them think, and defend themselves, and that may be revisionism.
1: I think you need to see the whole show to really. I think from a bird's eye view, I get what you're saying, but if you actually watch.
0: Well, all of the I'm the one who read it, Simmy, so, you know, we're, we're the on equal right, I've here. I've never read. No, we're not. I've never read the books. I have no idea what the
1: books are about. I've seen the shows, I've never read a stitch of literature from the books. So like we're on completely you're you're judging a completely different series that I know nothing about no I, I've like,
0: seen I've seen at least sixty percent of the Game of Thrones episodes including the first three seasons into the fourth in parts of five six and seven and then the last couple ones like I'm not judging this based on nothing and I'm not gonna watch all of Game of Thrones and' be like oh really, you have like to watch like the a, other forty percent
1: or like that they're not like Counting it properly or addressing it correctly. Like I actually it's think they
0: did. And scintillating They use it. It's like when Sansa gets raped and they have they make what's his name? Watch it. It's because it's, the other guys enjoying it. They're inviting the audience to enjoy it. I'm telling you, it's trash. It's total manipulative trash. I'm not blaming the audience for wanting to support rape, but cons- this is the guilty pleasure. Yeah, I guess
1: I don't see it like that. I just I don't see it like that. I see it like like a constant struggle. Like okay, there was like the scene the the guy who rapes all his daughters and then kills the daughters or kills all the uh, the the men he sends to the White Walkers, so you know that scene. And then the dude like can't take it anymore, and so like he like kills. He starts a rebellion because of like the way they're treated. And that's where Sam finds his wife and or er, his girl and and their kid. They're from they're from that the uh, the bridge and the crossover. It's it's in the north. You know, so like there's like a fight against those people. Then there's like the guy who rapes all his daughters also like and like there's a fight against it, too. You know, and like the fact that like, you know, you hate Ramsay so much and the fact that she uh, he also castrates a male. I mean, he also at some level wasn't just raping her Sansa. He also he also raped. You know a guy because he castrated him and tortured him and 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 did things sexually to him as well so like that guy was like more like the way i looked at that whole area was like it's like this serial killer or sociopath that has all this power and and he's able to manipulate the situation because his people took over her people you know what i mean so I don't know. I thought that was a great storyline of a sociopath who finally fucking gets his in the end, and uh, you know, someone who overcame and ran and, and 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 like survived and became like you know a stronger like a hero, you know, because of it. Like, I mean, I'm not. I wish it would never have happened to her, but like, it's a story of 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 triumph over rapists at some level, at, at many ends of it. So why is that? necessarily bad i I don't know i just think like if there wasn't the gratuitous sex i guess that's what i'm saying i think that's where i agree with you if the gratuitous sex didn't exist um then then you know it, it would be more serious about the rape but because there's so much gratuitous sex the rape is belittled so, but I do think they handle. You just
0: spent like 15 minutes trying to explain away the rape, and that's the problem. Is explain you might get it on a deep level. The comments,
1: the time, you, you 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 think rape wasn't happening? No,
0: because it's not a socially and politically interesting or on point show otherwise. So then to be like, well, the rape is just talking about women's issues when nothing oh, else oh, about the show is particularly talking, progressive thinking, is nonsense. This is self-justification, Simmy. This is oh, self-justification. Self-justification.
1: Listen, when I think, no, I think you're missing the point. I think most, most of the time in history, they're just like, and then so-and-so married so-and-so because their, his kingdom took over theirs, like if you look at history. But that's not really what happened. They were raped. So why don't we just say they were raped instead of saying, like, their their castle was taken over by their castle.
0: You know what I mean? Which is why Jessica Jones, in twelve episodes of season one, did way more for actual rape discussion than anything of Game of Thrones. It's not even close. It's not even close.
1: I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, like, I'm not. I'm not apologizing for rape. I'm just saying I think it was accurate. Like, versus a lot of everything up until then, where especially in the history books that you and I read in high school. Like they talk about kings and queens and stuff, but they didn't talk about the brass tacks of it, of like what happened when these people took over these people, or when America goes into to Vietnam, what they did there, you know? Like, you know what I mean? They they don't talk about imperialism in reality. So at least at least they did okay. it the real way of what actually happens. Yep. Okay. Right. I mean, is that like I, I just I'm not gonna feel guilty about no, them. No, you have to feel guilty. I just am. Um, um, like I'm accurate about it. Like seriously, when we were growing up, did when did it dawn on you that like, oh my god, they just fucking did whatever they could to just survive, and they were lucky to live if after they. After, like, you know, we invaded this country. Or I mean, we I grew up that-
0: in a very feminist family and was a student of history from a young age. I was very aware of how women were treated in society. But, again, I am one-tenth of one percent of Americans, I suppose, in, in that situation.
1: Right. And I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I'm not saying that part. I'm saying the sex part was gratuitous. But, like, you know, it's... It, there's, there's a. If you want to look at history and you want to look at time periods, like that, like what, 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 what was a princess, but like uh, a way to. You know, even in the regular, they, they're like, you have a son, I have a daughter. We'll just join families that way. like yeah, it's not- Or even arrange marriages or at some level prostitution. I'm, just saying- all
0: I'm saying is for all of your raging against Ray Lau, it's essentially the same self-justification for guilty pleasure. It, it's basically the same. It's basically the same is we think Kylo's this horrible rapist, and so we hate his character, but Game of Thrones it's titillating and scintillating, and so let's rape Sophie Turner for five minutes while someone watches at the end of the show. But then the actresses love doing it. This is the bigger problem, is the actresses love it, and they love doing it. I don't remember
1: what scene you're talking about, so to me, I don't think it's like, like, I just think I probably, like, stopped it at some point, or fast-forwarded it. Like, but like, It to me, it's like could you name another piece of history like either in life or whatever where it's like the queen was spared or something like that in the piece of history. And like then it just ends there. And like was she really spared? You know what I mean? Like it's like like or like in Braveheart, they kill his like like, they just kill people. Like, I don't know. It was accurate. It, like, they don't do need it. Do it's
0: a fantasy story that takes place in Westeros. What's it accurate of? There's a lot of matriarchal societies. I mean, There's I mean, a lot of traditional societies that didn't rape its women over and over again. Women
1: were... Women were princes, princesses
0: are pawns in war In in... In European imperial and pre-imperial history. Correct. That's my only point.
1: And, like, that's but accurate. they never tried
0: and made that point, and this is why The Witcher is so important, because it actually connects to history while empowering women in a realistic way, but is way more connected to things like pogroms and genocide and colonialism of humanity. And, 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 and So Game of Thrones tried to get away with all of these adult issues without really engaging you- in anything important or relevant think- in actual society. I I don't
1: think Game of Thrones is, like, the best show ever. Like, that's not where I stand on this. I'm just saying it's a decent show. It was super entertaining. I fucking stopped caring about it after they took nine years to figure out the last season. I thought there is, like, a ton of quality characters, a ton of quality empowerment for women, too, because I do think women actually ran a lot of that shit. Because they showed a lot of the manipulation that they were able to accomplish even though they weren't the centerpiece or the face piece of things. So I Mm. I don't know. I guess we're looking at this entirely differently. Mm. I don't think it was – I just don't think the rape was gratuitous. I think it was – No, fine.
0: The rape is just indicative of what I consider to be a a, a show that – like let's put it this way – Breaking Bad had guilty pleasures as well, including secretly liking Walter White at certain points, but it really dealt with the consequences of how horrible he was. Uh, you know? Right. And, 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 and The Wire's the same, you know? There's cops that you hate, and there's gangsters that you love. I mean, the Barksdale saga's amazing with Stringer Bell, right? You don't know who you're rooting for, and McNulty's a horrible person with his family.
1: One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter.
0: Right, but Game of Thrones doesn't deal with that. Game of Thrones is just manipulation and talking about manipulation and power plays and manipulation and talking about it. Manipulation, right? And so when Cersei gets it and they make her march around naked in the streets. She got hers, right? Cuz Cersei was evil, getting fucked by her brother, and so now they throw her in the streets. The thing is to me, I can't really argue because I super respect Lena Headey, Amelia Clark, Sophie Turner, Maisie Williams, and they love the show and love each other. And so they've convinced themselves and people have convinced themselves. So who am I to come in? If Emilia Clarke and Lena Headey were winning tons of awards for getting raped and tortured and manipulated by men on a guilty pleasure show in a fake world called Westeros, who am I to step in and shit on it like I have for the last five years and the last 30 minutes?
1: <laughs> it's a good show.
0: I mean, I'm not saying. And again, this a- is coming from someone who's read literally a hundred fantasy books in my life, including what they call grim dark fantasy, which is the super dark, you know, Game of Thrones, uh, you know, a, a motif, which George Martin did not, you know, uh, invent whatsoever. And there's much grim dark fantasy from a literary standpoint that's way better written and way more interesting.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, All right. Your final thoughts here. Final doctor. thoughts. Final thoughts. There are better shows out there than Game of Thrones. It's okay if you don't like it. I'm not even fighting you on it. I just... It's just decent. Like, there's a lot of other things you can look past if you don't want to watch a bunch of rape. Um...
0: I mean it was only the biggest and most profitable television show of all time so it's hard to ignore especially as someone who loves all of those actors and the fantasy genre the dark fantasy genre in particular which again which is why I'm so excited for The Witcher but even if The Witcher doesn't live up to it me discovering the amazing Witcher universe and the books and the video games and the short stories and everything has given me hope that we can have dark fantasy that is violent and does reflect the horrific side of of torture in human history But at the same time c- can be a little Hopeful and have some people who are trying To do the right thing whether that's Historically accurate or not I have to Believe that Simmy, and that's what Star Wars Is about to bring it all back Like would the Rogue One crew ever exist In reality we have to hope That it is Simi because the world is ending Right now the polar ice caps are melting The temperatures are going up There's earthquakes there's hurricanes We've got Donald Trump we've got fascists All over Europe and I talk about man, the the thing about Star Wars, like Poe Dameron, Jin Urso, and Princess Leia and Han Solo is we need people who are stupidly heroic and brave in this world to survive we need people who are irrationally brave and do the right thing against all odds knowing they're probably gonna you know fail in the short term or die you know and sacrifice themselves i i, I know this is dark and i'm being super real here but this does tie into star wars this is like the rogue one scenario or even what han solo does at the end of the solo movie right i mean like, he's like he's like well <laughs> i'll throw my life away here to help these rebels i've never even met before and i thought we're terrorists until two minutes ago you know i mean that's what good guys do good guys get over it and just say we have no choice but to be stupidly bravely heroic against all odds and maybe that's why i love star wars and the witcher and not game of thrones go ahead
1: yeah i i really think i really think we're gonna enjoy everybody's gonna enjoy this last movie and i think everything else is going nice. to parlay into itself nice it's just nice, you know nice pe- people are going to slowly understand the way consumption works mm-hmm. and the way disney is understanding consumption like this this is all done for a reason talk is talk like and in the end mm-hmm. i think people will look back and then be like i guess that was kind of silly you know like like I feel like also at some level there's some popularity to being like oh, this party is gonna suck, but I'm gonna go anyways. You know, like it's like, are you excited for the party, or you, you just said it would suck? But are you just is that just your way of saying I'm kind of excited, but I don't want to be uh-huh. let down or whatever? Just be like the party's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward speaking to it. Of I which, think it will be fun. Speaking, Enjoy the party, kids. Speaking yes. of which.
0: They so you know how I always talk about you know it, part of the reshoots we talked about this on the podcast we talked a lot part of the Rogue One reshoots was giving Jin more dimensionality but specifically making her more likable and cute it, despite her disturbed past. Um, and even some of the other characters, like Bodhi, having a more of a slight redemption arc, and Cassian being an assassin having a little bit more of a redemption arc, because that's Star Wars. In the early trailers, everyone is serious. It's Darth Vader being serious. It's Sagrera being serious. It's Jin being serious. The music's it's serious.
1: Serious fucking times.
0: Right, it is serious, but it's almost oppressively serious. And then we get. Also horrifying things at the beginning In the final Rogue One trailer But then we get the uplifting music With rebellions are built on hope Make ten men feel like a hundred The force is strong They're smiling, they're fighting back In the final Mandalorian trailer After it's dark, dark, dark We finally get the gorgeous Gina Cronow Who I cannot wait for people to see I just have feeling. I mean, She's an MMA fighter But she's so stunning Full bodied, strong woman Who's the perfect person Who someone has been Badass as the Mandalorian would fall in love with because she can kick his ass, obviously, right? That's part of it. Uh, like the Princess Leia thing, she's gonna be great. In the final trailer, Gina Carano smiles briefly. Carl Weather smiles. Even Gus from Breaking Bad, Giancarlo Esposito is smiling. Like St- Star Wars realizes this at the final trailers and they're super dark properties. You have to have the heroes in, in. You know, we see this with with Poe and Finn ha- having good times briefly, right? In the final episode nine trailer, you have to have them. Smiling a little bit, you know. I mean, DC tried to save Justice League with, with this strategy, but at that the point, it was too late. I still really liked that movie, as you know, and did a commentary for it. Um, but uh, I was it was glad to see in the Mandalorian because it was like dark, 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 dark. You know, dark music, foreboding. It looked awesome. You know, killing, murdering, whatever. But but Star Wars, you have to have a little bit of humanity. Um, I, I don't know. I guess that's what I'm looking for on my shows. I mean, even Breaking Bad, you know, like Jesse Pinkman's Journey. Uh, did, have you seen El Camino, by the way? No,
1: because we, we're, we're going to finish. Oh, uh, you know what Yeah. Yeah, we need to do it. Yeah.
0: Well, okay, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm sorry. That, that was my final thought. I'm super pumped about The Bad DeLorean. The, the fact that I haven't been honing in on it, In my own head, and now it's two weeks away. And I got Dickinson in the meantime to binge, and then that, and all the Disney stuff, and then we got The Witcher in like a month after that. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. And you had episode nine, we got Clone Wars in February, finally, good cinema and television, and then we got Black Widow, dude. Oh, final thoughts. We got Black Widow in fucking May, and then Wonder Woman 1984, which looks epic beyond compare. Uh, in June after uh, month and a half after Black Widow so finally after so much shit the last couple of years in my opinion at least on the big screen looks like we're getting some, some good stuff so okay man really final thoughts here buddy you can talk about anything you want go ahead
1: Joker wasn't <laughs> awesome if you've seen good psychopath movies like I don't know, American Psycho or a Taxi or something like that. You
0: always have to open up the can of worms. It's like with Han Solo and Kylo Ren. If I briefly, you told me, it. hey, 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 <laughs> hey. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Joaquin
1: Phoenix was amazing, right? If you can separate those two things, you'll understand why I gave it. A- you also just like threw in there, and Simi gave it a four. So without me saying anything about it, so. Well, that's four. what I
0: expect to give it as well because you and I agree on almost all of these things. W- without it trying. was not
1: a great story. He was an incredible actor with an incredible role. The story was. Yep. <sighs> we don't have time.
0: Oh, can I tell you my final little sto- story yes. here to, to end about Jedi Geek Girl, which that was one? my yeah. that was my
1: closer because I feel okay. like I said everything. You, I, I, you
0: nailed my it. My you nailed it. So. It's funny, because if you just look at Reylo, Jedi Geek Girl and you could not be further apart on the spectrum. I'm way towards your side, obviously, but I'm a little bit of a gray Jedi, as I describe myself when it comes to Raylo Because if they make it interesting and awesome storytelling and acting and writing and filming... I will be open to anything because Rey, uh, again, unlike the Game of Thrones woman, Rey is already so empowered and can defend herself. And so I- I'm open at least to a brief thing. I still think it's going to be Kylo begging to die or it's going to be a Khaleesi Johnson Snow thing where she kisses him and kills him or something like that is, is my guess. But anyways, uh, it, uh, you know, but what's funny is on everything else, you guys agree. You, you both are obsessed and love Ahsoka. You, I know you don't love the prequels as much as her, but you are much closer to her on the prequels than I am to either of you.
1: I really, like, I really like one, and then I really like the end of two, and then I really like yeah. uh, 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 parts of three. You know, more so just the end of three.
0: Yeah, and you like Last... was huh. obsessed with Last Jedi. You like Last Jedi better than me over time, or have a better... i uh, Last,
1: Last Jedi, I was the first one to say it wasn't good. Wait,
0: wait. right like, but we went different directions where i thought it was great and you didn't think it was good but then you started appreciating it more over time when we discussed it again it was it fun
1: it was yeah. i didn't hate it as much as i okay hated it. but
0: yeah, but, right. but she independently mentioned to me when we were talking about Jin. she was like i would love to see a saw guerrera movie with Jin based on rebel rising i was like Simi said the same thing <laughs>
1: Yeah, seriously, that whole that whole series.
0: Is but this awesome. is my point. But, this is my point. Is Star Wars fans can disagree on something as passionate. That's my whole point too. Like, and, and, no, hold on. Star Wars fans can disagree on something as huge as Raylo, but agree on other things that they love. But they just divide themselves by. Honing in on the things they don't agree with And not the things they agree with You're not doing this We we talk philosophically You and I never hold grudges And this is also something Why it makes it hard for me to engage these people Is because they think I'm engaging in the dirt Whereas I'm just trying to parse things And get people to think more self-awarely And, you know, look at it more complexly With the situation Not trying to argue like This is good, this is bad You should like this, you shouldn't like this But they try trying to drag you in the dirt Without really Realizing, and this is not Jedi Geek Girl, because she can discuss this stuff very philosophically. That's why I'm sharing the story. Because we were laughing about this, because you know, she she follows the podcast, and you guys do agree on the way more than that, but the Raylo thing is very divisive. My final thought is the problem is, Simi, is if it's totally Raylo, or it's totally just Rey murdering Kylo, half of the fan base in both cases is gonna be upset. And so JJ has a very delicate balancing act here, because he's gotta throw a bone t- us where Ray is, you know, the winner in the end, I- I- and Kylo goes where he needs to go. But there has to be some Reylo A lot of, e- of young female fans are, are not going to be happy. I don't envy JJ, but if anyone can pull it off, other than Joss Whedon, JJ Abrams is the guy. So we'll have to see. Oh, final we'll question: to see. Finn and Poe, do we get any romance with Finn and Poe?
1: No. They're not going to do that.
0: I mean, not like kissing, I, why... but like maybe a butt squeeze, a butt patter, butt squeeze or something. Well,
1: yeah, that's, that's already happening. That's <laughs> our, I mean, the ambiguousness of that is going to happen, but no, they won't They won't go forward. I'm that. still so predicting
0: they're... based on the final minute of Last Jedi where Rey and Poe are meeting for the first time and they're smiling and... Poe goes, I'm Poe, and Rey smiles cutely and goes, I'm Rey, and Poe gives her the sexy Oscar Isaac smile and goes, I know. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, they're gonna st- tease Poe and Rey, because they're exactly Leia and Han, right? I mean, Poe and Rey are exactly Leia and Han. They balance out each other so great, and so on top of everything else, the Reylos are gonna be unhappy, because Rey's gonna murder <laughs> Kylo, and then end up with Poe Dameron, which I'll be thrilled about. We'll have to say. Sorry, Raylos, I love you guys. You're super smart and interesting. I just don't understand the loving of the murderous, genocidal bad guy.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make that much sense to me.
0: Yep.
1: I can't understand it.
0: Yep. Well, hey, different strokes for different folks, right? Or that's what we say in America to justify everyone's views being equally valid. That's the real problem, is you don't get points for being smart and arguing things well these days. That's why they killed Socrates, Simi, so, they murdered Socrates specifically because they couldn't keep up with his his accusations that were so philosophically deep as to how corrupt society was. Until they murdered Socrates, that's why they killed. Uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name? The astronomer Copernicus
1: and uh, Galileo.
0: Yeah, and JFK, and Malcolm X, and Martin Luther King, and Robert. Matt <laughs> yeah, Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! All of them. Simi, we need we need Star Wars, baby. We need Star Wars in our life. Give people hope again leading into 2020.
1: Hey, I do want to also say that um, I meant to tell you this at the one point. Carnival Row also does. Oh, okay. uh, just like The Witcher, where you were saying, mm-hmm. where they're rounding up people and, and just the idea of the politics versus sure. it. So, like, the prequel I just read was talking about how the Fae, the fairies, were, like, of high society, and then they're getting invaded by this uh, dominant force. And then these, like...
0: Fae <clears throat> from The Witcher. They used the term Fae in The Witcher, too, yeah. Oh, uh, they do? So, and then they're, like, coming into...
1: Uh, they're being protected by the army from the Burg, which is the humans. And, like, that's, like, the first interaction where, like, Burg... Like humans are truly interacting with with yeah. fairies, and there's fairies, and then there's these pucks, which are kind of like um, not a centaur, but like um, something between a centaur and a. Uh, if
0: you like that, what you're describing, you will love the fucking Witcher. It, 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 yeah, it hits all those notes in a different way. They between a centaur and a satyr, uh, but like two legged. They're
1: called pucks, and they're like they have horns and shit
0: anyway yeah but, puck, uh, puck from puck from midsummer's night dream i mean that's a blatant shakespeare reference and i love that shit
1: oh yeah yeah they're called pucks pucks and fae. um they yeah. are like fairies and they have wings and can fly and the pucks are like have like hoofs and have horns and and like they're like second class citizens traditionally they're like mm.
0: they're
1: like black people basically like uh in in the in the south they're like slaves
0: and, Anyway, Black uh, people are at second-class citizens. Now you're getting political. I'm just kidding,
1: right? Yeah. Uh, but no, the same kind of thing that like there's like this one rich puck and like the way people look at him and and just like the social yeah. status. Like that's like a side uh, story. And you know, again, the also the format of a lot of these shows they're all they're all fucking soap operas, you mm-hmm. know. So like the format is very popular to. Mm-hmm. Um, to people just getting involved and wanting to see what's going to happen next because they because i think i think that's there's a great a lot point of and that's why I hate soap
0: operas. yeah that's right yeah, there's a
1: lot operas. of different yeah. storylines and what the reason why soap operas get people is because they get you to like like two of the five storylines so like you're waiting for your favorite you know what i mean and like the rest, you're tolerating, but you're like waiting to see what's happening. People
0: are evil deep down, and they want to Jim engage their. Right. People want to engage their evil animalistic instincts. I mean, it's you know, I, I'm doing commentaries for the first. But it's time. also, it's, yeah. also of, uh, it's also
1: a little bit of it's also a little bit of you know cat and mouse like they're giving you a little bit or like uh, a little bit of carrot dangling like they're just like giving you a little bit of lots of
0: suspenseful shows that that aren't soap opera in the way game of thrones and some of the shows are but i don't right
1: i'm just saying that traditional format is also very cunning they do that as well that's my point
0: well i've officially removed twitter from my phone because i cannot take it anymore i'm done done i'm out i'm out you know what's good about... The only thing... I don't use Twitter to read anything. I use
1: it just for up-to-date reference. Like, just so I, I know exactly what's exactly happening. That's what I want to use it
0: for, but it's getting overtaken by the Raylos and the anti-Raylos, and I can't take it anymore.
1: Uh, I don't read my storyline. I only use it for reference. Like, I go to, like... Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I have a player on Fantasy that just was injured, Trey Young. I really hope your, your, your ankle gets better... Uh, it looks like you took a bad fall. So, Trey Young is out. He'll probably be out in this, in my estimation, two to four weeks with a pretty bad ankle
0: spray. All right, buddy. Well, I have to say it was a blessing in disguise that the first 30 minutes that kept breaking up, which was mostly me just bitching about Star Wars fans. I'm so, sure- that was.
1: It was a filter. This, 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 this. It was. It was well, we God. got two
0: and a half hours since then. We got two and a half hours since that happened, and so you know it was a great ramp up and uh i've talked to you in the past about i love our, our conversations because i'll get a rebels commentary and they'll get a game of thrones commentary and they'll get a relo commentary literally from the same podcast it's it's fantastic <laughs> it's absolutely it's a blessing and a gift my friend so thank you so much thank you for being yeah, patient dude. with me thank you for no staying problem. on so long uh, and thank Arena, uh, but this was this was very therapeutic, and uh, I definitely needed it. But it was it was nice after that early me bitching in sound problems, which was God telling me to ignore the negativity. I think because as soon as we got into normal Star Wars, we really only had one sound problem after that.
1: Yeah, dude, this was a lot of fun. I think we did a lot. I'm looking forward to doing... We promised the people Kill Bill. We will do Kill Bill. Kill Bill is coming up soon, folks. Uh, And we need to, uh, uh, of course, finish up some of our rebels. But there's a lot of good things to be had. A lot of great things to talk about. Uh, Hashtag Watchmen, Peaky Blinders, uh, Carnival Row. Uh, Great times. Also, I already got my tickets for the opening night of Star Wars. Uh, Nighthawk, if you want to sponsor us with free tickets, I will drop your name constantly. Your food is terrific and um, your drinks are fabulous.
0: Man, for an angry, almost scarily skinny lesbian actress like Cara Delevingne she is magnetic on screen I don't know what it is I mean you look at her photos online she's wearing size two jeans like you can't even see her legs she's you can just tell she's naturally skinny like I don't think she's starving herself she's either looking angry or making out with chicks and Ruby Rose is like liking it I love it I I love this movement because they're all Swift squad people they're all Taylor Swift people Cara Delevingne is Ruby Rose is you though like the whole new gay movement uh of these of these actresses but I, I guess she plays hetero in that show too right just like in valerian she played hetero
1: no she's actually by in the show
0: oh she's in the show okay
1: cool uh and actually the prequel is way more about her relationship with uh tourmaloo uh tourmaline uh then um her relationship with uh philo uh Orlando Bloom's character because she she dates um, anyway there's a it's a great story it actually explains her whole relationship with Tourmaline it's basically like similar to Nazi Germany time they have to get out they're surviving like the ghettos are starting you know and things like that and people are you know teaming up with their closest friends if you will so as they Ref- refugee to different parts of the country, so it explains their backstory in the Carnival Row uh, Amazon uh, Audible, which is also free, by the way, with Audible if you are an Audible member. Well, speaking the of which, pre- I just the prequel to Carnival Row is great. So if you want to listen to that and then watch Carnival Row, that wouldn't be a bad idea. I did it the other way because of the way they came out.
0: Well, speaking of all that in Audible, I just texted you my final thought. Oh, what, uh, about The Witcher? The Last Wish. Trust me. Trust me. You're going to love it. If you like what you're describing in Can- Carnival Row, but you love the audiobooks of Harry Potter, you're going to love this shit. You're going to love it.
1: All right. Well, do I do The Witcher or that? No,
0: this is The Witcher. Oh, oh, I thought you were saying there
1: was something else. You were just suggesting all of a sudden. No, the, oh, la- no, the okay. last
0: wish is him and the dragon. There's not even a dragon in the book. They just do that to sell, con- you know, because it looks like fantasy. Uh, the la- yeah, the last wish is the first w- Witcher book. It's where where what you sh- the one that you should check out before the series for sure. Okay,
1: the last wish.
0: The last wish is delightful.
1: That's the first book. Yes, the last wish is the first book.
0: It introduces you to Geralt, the world of witchers, and sorceresses, and monsters, and all the complex issues. Is that the right... Is that the right way to start it? Or yes, you it's the me first one he published. No, it's the first one he published. It was the introduction of all the major characters other than Siri, who comes in in the second book, Sword of Destiny. But both of those take place before the series that the show is based on. So this is not going to spoil anything from the show. If anything, you'll get to know why his annoying but lovable best friend, Dandelion, is his annoying and lovable best friend and why he's in love with this really dark, manipulative at times, seemingly evil sorceress uh, Yennefer, why he falls in love with her it is a re- for reasons in both cases you would never think, but they all go on adventures and journeys together into, into this crazy world. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's dark and delightful if, if such a thing can exist. So, okay, Simmy this was great. That's awesome,
1: man. This was a lot of fun.
0: I love you, Can't buddy. To again. We gotta get I love some you. more going. This is going to be. Too, buddy. This is going to really quick. This is going to be the first ever podcast I edit backwards because we we've had more success. Like than, memento, exactly. This is the memento podcast. Oh my god! Did you just there kill you me? Did you just kill me and then make a tattoo that you're gonna kill me because you have nothing else to live for? Oh shit!
1: John G, you're John
0: G. <laughs> I'm a John G. <laughs> oh man, Joe Pintoliano, man, killing it, killing it. What's up?
1: All right, dude. Uh, buckle, up, soprano, buckle up, also, Dorothy. Because Kansas
0: killed. is going bye bye. <laughs> also gets
1: killed in Soprano's. Cool, Kansas, man.
0: Kansas is going bye bye. Full, full, full circle. Exactly. All right, Bizzlecast it's listeners. Thank you so much. Simeon, you take us out. Uh, save uh, the rebellion. Save, save the, dream. the dream. Bizzlecast out. No, no. Oh, hey, it's